Welcome to Stories with Soul. I am your host, Jamie Ice, musician turned entrepreneur and co-founder of 6th Ave Homes and 6th Ave Storytelling. Over the past 10 years, I have launched multiple successful businesses and have become obsessed with all things entrepreneurship and marketing. I've been on a personal quest to unpack what it takes to make and grow a great brand. One thing that I've discovered is that stories are powerful and that storytelling has the power to set a brand apart. Join me as I dive into the stories of the heavy-hitting leaders, entrepreneurs, artists, and business owners in our community to hear their biggest wins, greatest losses, and their best business secrets. There's a story behind every great brand. Welcome to Stories with Soul. Stories with Soul is brought to you by my company, 6th Ave Storytelling. In 2020, we launched a marketing company on a mission to encourage entrepreneurship and make starting and growing a small business easier than ever before. Since then, we have helped hundreds of small businesses and entrepreneurs grow their brands by giving them the tools, resources, strategy, and support they need to craft and share their stories. If you are thinking about launching and growing your own brand, schedule a meetup with me today. I would love to talk to you. Head over to 6thAvStorytelling.com and let me show you how the storytelling approach can transform your marketing strategy. This episode is sponsored in part by Pre-Kindle, the platform designed to empower event creators to develop the best experiences possible for their communities. Did you know that Pre-Kindle was actually founded in DFW and is still headquarters in Dallas? Well, now you do. We love local businesses and Pre-Kindle is one of the best. With a best-in-class platform of features, no long-term contracts, low service fees, responsive mobile-friendly event pages, and friendly and attentive support, Pre-Kindle is my personal favorite ticketing and marketing platform for any event. Anytime I'm planning something with my band, Green River Ordinance, Pre-Kindle is our go-to platform to use. With an impressive roster of event creators, menus, and entertainment destinations across the nation, Pre-Kindle's hands down the best. In DFW alone, they've partnered with incredible spaces like the Granada Theater, Panther Island Pavilion, the Kessler, Will Rogers Coliseum, the Fort Worth Modern, Tulips, Rizzi Theater, and more. If you have been to an event or venue in DFW, I promise you have likely been using Pre-Kindle and you didn't even know it. Beyond ticketing, Pre-Kindle also helps automatically promote your event. With over 500,000 subscribers in North Texas, in partnerships with event discovery sites like Bands in Town, Spotify, Google, they're set up to also help you spread the word. So go to prekindle.com, that's P-R-E-K-I-N-D-L-E.com and click Get Started to begin using the platform. They are on a mission to bring your event to life. Welcome to Stories with Soul. I am your host, Jamie Ice. I have two special guests today. It is our first ever husband and wife duo. I have Eric and Sandy Nelson in the hot seats. I've been, I've, been, I've been wanting to have this conversation for a while, ever since you guys moved, moved back to Fort Worth or, or to Fort Worth. So as I said, I'm going to read your bios real quick, and then we're going to jump into it. And there's a lot. I had to do a, a lot of um, IMDB <laughs> scrolling because y'all have both done a ton. So Eric, I'm going to start with you. Eric is a four-time Emmy Award winner for his acting and producing work on the Amazon hit The Bay. At age 23, he became the youngest producer in history to win an Emmy Award. Eric also won a Tony Award for producing the Broadway sensation The Inheritance. And most recently, he became a scene, he, he, he can be seen as the scene stealer Ennis in record-breaking Yellowstone prequel 1883 on Paramount. He is perhaps best known for his work in Hulu's reveal of All My Children, playing A.J. Chandler. 
He also appeared opposite Liam Neeson in A Walk Among the Tombstones, in Nightmare Cinema, opposite Mickey Rourke, which is very cool, and recurred on Showtime's The Affair. Sainty is a Fort Worth native, which I'm excited about that. Uh, an actress and producer known for Gabby's Dollhouse, which is like my kid's favorite show. We're going to talk about that. Uh, Trolls, The Beat Goes On, Ridley Jones, and The Loud House. She is a three-time Emmy Award winner before the age of 30. Also bonkers. Y'all have, y'all have seven Emmy Awards between the two of you? It's a little yeah. wild. Seven? <laughs> it's okay. wild. Uh, she was a, a 2020 Tony nominee for The Inheritance and was nominated for 11 Tony Awards and was a 2021 Tony Award winner, and also the youngest female producer to ever win an Emmy. So both of you hold, like, the world's record in young Emmy worlds. And it wasn't even, like, a goal <laughs> or something that we knew was even possible until it happened, and then we randomly got a call saying, oh, hey, you're the world's youngest. And y'all were, y'all were together. Y'all were together then? Yeah, we did. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so he has me beat because I'm two years older. Okay. So it really should be mine. But that's but- <laughs> crazy. So, and you're probably like the youngest couple also to co- collectively Definitely. win uh, yeah. awards. It, and when you say it, it never gets old to hear that. You know, it's been years now. I think I was like 23 when uh-huh. that happened, 22, 23. And it's just one of those things that it's like, wow. And it's still, it's still holding up. So you got the Emmy Awards. You got the Tony Awards. Yes. You got... All that. Anyways, I'm 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 crazy excited y'all are here. I think so so we first I first ran into you at the Bass at Hall. At Bass Hall. What were we seeing? Oh yeah. It was in Oklahoma. It was the it first was. show. Um Jeremy was it Jeremy Hansen or was the one before that? I don't remember what it was, but we were past each other and you were like, nice hat. And we were like, like obsessed with your and look. I was like, were we with J Max? Yeah, you were with J Mac. Okay. And I was like, thanks. And then I was like, oh my god. I I was watching eighteen eighty three at the time and I was like and it was like, wait a minute. And I like grabbed you and was like, <laughs> I love you. Because it, like, it, it literally, uh, my wife and I had watched it like the night before. And then, anyways, I've, I've geeked out. And then I ran into, we ran into each other several times. Uh, and I think that was in December. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick off with, with a, yeah. a personal story before we dive into your story. So we're here to hear your story. But cool. So we, we ran into each other a couple of times. And then the rodeo happened. It was like January. Mm-hmm. And the first night we went to the rodeo, uh, my wife and I and some friends went to the, there's the Avion Club, which is like, the, yeah, you can have dinner before there. And, and so we're having dinner and our, our server comes up and is like, I just want you to know, I was so excited when I saw that you were getting set at my table. I'm so excited you're here. I'm a huge fan. And saying that like in front of my friends at the table, that's something I'm feeling like a million bucks (laughs) thinking she's a Green River Ordinance fan. And so she came up a couple of times and was like, I'm just a big fan. I think you're great. And I was like, ah, cool. And my like total, like standing a little taller. (laughs) Oh yeah. And then we get, we get, we get our check and I'm like closing out. And uh, I was like, thanks. She was like, thanks again. Can I get a picture? And she was like, by the way, I cried when you died. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. I am not who you think I am. <laughs> but, dude, we do look a lot alike. So man. much like, alike. I could totally see Especially during 1883. Because yeah, your hair then, was so long then, yeah, And I too. had a hat on. Oh, yeah. Yep. And then that whole rest of the rodeo, literally, I, we went like three or four times. 
every si- people would stop me and be like, I'm such a big fan. I was so <laughs> sad when you died. And at first I'd be like, correct people. And then I just started rolling with it. I was like, oh, you have to own so it. Much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That just, used to happen to me all the time with other actors. And yeah, no, just own yeah. it. So I have been mistaken for Eric. <laughs> Especially in rodeo season because I was doing all the grand entries yeah, on that you were, too. Yeah, you were there at most So they were of them. looking for me uh-huh. and they found you and they knew they found me. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But not, it was, anyways. So. I've been wanting to have this conversation because we we ran into each other but haven't like sat down and and chatted and you guys are just powerhouse couple you're doing neat neat things um so ki- let's let's kick I would let's kick off with the relationship because I haven't had a relationship a couple before so how where where did y'all where did you guys meet it's a great story yes you're um, yeah. really good at saying it so I might let you kick it off okay so. Eric was 19 and I was 21. Okay. And I had just moved to New York and I had an amazing boyfriend of five and a half years. So, so this Did he is go- break up the boyfriend? Well, oh, okay. We'll okay. Get, I'm, I'm we'll go ahead. He was amazing, but I always <laughs> didn't believe in marriage or children. I wanted to be a Broadway star. You didn't believe in marriage or children? No. So that okay. was like my goal. Well, I have Eric's cousin, my girlfriend, Tess Saltow. Um, we're sitting at Blockheads in the middle of New York, and her cousin skates up, the little 19-year-old. And Before he, I rode horses, I rode skateboards. Yes. Oh, you literally skated Literally. Up. Oh, this is why <laughs> okay. I feel like sometimes we'll never get divorced, because depending what Eric is playing at the time, that's who I'm married to. So I'm like, oh, I've been like- married to a prep, a skater boy, a cowboy. So I'm like, I'm always with a new man. So you go all in, whatever, <laughs> oh, whatever yeah. the vibe is, yeah, yeah. you go all but in. But the skater thing was authentic. Like that was me. That okay. was that was his heart and soul. Like yeah. when I first, I never actually. Well, I did get a skateboard movie once, but I got hurt the third day of filming, and they recast me in the middle of it. Oh no! And it was like my dream movie. It and, was your dream role. And I got yeah. That's another story. We'll get there. I know. <laughs> okay. We could go nonstop. Stuff. But yeah, so I was a true skater at the time, and he skates up to but, give his cousin the keys. Okay. And I saw him. And it was like, that was it. Like the gates had opened. Like there was like, he was. Ah. I was madly in love. And it was like Dunzo. Love at first sight. Lo- truly love at first sight. This episode of Stories with Soul is sponsored in part by Project 202, the leader in experience-driven software strategy, design, and development. Whether you're looking to build a new software solution, redesign your mobile app, or kick off a digital transformation initiative, Project 202's customized approach creates solutions that work for your customers. Customer experience drives engagement, and cultivating that experience requires a ton of attention and time. Project 202 is local and has 18 years of design leadership. This team is an expert in using customer-centric methods to build compelling data-driven customer experiences. Wherever you're at in your business journey, the diverse team at Project 202 will guide you from idea to execution. Go to project202.com. That's P-R-O-J-E-K-T-202.com and click contact to begin winning the hearts of your customers and exceeding your business goals today. Are you a small business owner or an entrepreneur? Do you do marketing for a small business? If so, I have something that I want to give you and it's totally for free. We've put together a free resource at 6appstorytelling.com slash download. And it's the secrets, it's the tips, it's the tricks, it's the tools of the trade. It's literally everything we do at 6appstorytelling to help small businesses grow. Go download it today at 6appstorytelling.com slash download. But you had the boyfriend, you had a boyfriend? Had a boyfriend. I broke up with him. And that scared 
Can I say shit on this? Yeah, you could. Yeah. That scared the shit <laughs> out of me. Yeah, I was like, so oh, this guy's gonna. He's like, I don't want to be known as the guy that ruined this uh-huh. relationship. And he's an amazing man. It had, yeah. I mean, incredible. But, but he it, hates Eric now. Probably, probably yeah. hates me. He hates me too. <laughs> and I just saw him, and that was it. I dumped him that night. It's like a rom com. Truly, you and, dumped him that night. Yes, and I was like, that is yeah, the love was. of my had life. Y'all hadn't even gone on a date. No. Had he, had, he was dating somebody. Like it we is. were both dating people. You <laughs> broke up with your mm-hmm. five-year boyfriend yes. because you just saw a guy. And don't judge me on that. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> so wild. Because I really, truly. So what's even more wild is. Okay. So I see him, dump yeah. him. Well, my best friend you, calls my mother in Texas, and I'm living in New York, and she's like, "Sainty has lost it. She has ruined her life for this boy that like." Doesn't even like he's a young kid. He's a skater kid. Uh-huh. So they should we tell the whole story about this? Come so my mom on, flies up. <laughs> I, you won't mind. Like she need to literally talk. came up to like an intervention. Ha- intervention yeah. of me. Like get a grip. You need to grow up. And You're you still had gone on a date. No. No, but we had you talked at this point. Like, we were, we're talking friends. and like, hanging great. out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we're great friends, and, and he's over interested? like every day. So. Uh, we honestly clicked right away. I was like, oh my God, this girl's so cool. So we started hanging out. And once we started hanging out, we literally, I think, spent every second of every day yeah. together. But I knew that she had <clears throat> broken up with her boyfriend of five years the day she met me. And so I was just like, that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of no pressure. Kidding. And I didn't know Psycho. if this was going to be okay. Psycho. Who was going to come for me in the middle of the night? Like, I didn't know how it was going to play out. And so it took me a little longer to get there just because. She knew so confidently, and I didn't know anything confidently in my life at that point. Uh, <laughs> Who does? Yeah, and so uh, it. But granted, we were together every second of every single day, uh, and like there wasn't a second that went by where I didn't want to be with her. I, I remember I was like skipping like director sessions and producer callbacks and stuff, and I was like, "Oh, I'm really not feeling well." And I just wanted to like be like, together, sit on the couch Yo, with her. And this watch is movies. like a rom com. No, it's well. So my mom <laughs> in New flies York up. City. Yeah, yep. in New York. This is a movie. So Hallmark, call us. <laughs> yeah. No, literally, so my mom comes up and they're having this intervention with me, and she goes and walks down Ninth Avenue, and she sees Eric having lunch with this blonde girl. Oh yeah. Dude, and it's our girlfriend Kristen Alderson. He's one of our best. Which I'm from the South, so guys and girls don't have unless you're together. You don't have lunch together. Like yeah. you don't have lunch yeah. or dinner. My mom calls me and I'm just like, you horrible mom. Like, he's not like, <laughs> I'm devastated. Mom. I am true. Like, lost my mind. I'm calling him. But what are the odds of her mom walking down the one block City. in New York City where I'm having lunch with another girl? Uh-huh. Who's a friend. And she happens to see it through the window of the restaurant while she's up there to give her daughter an intervention on why she. Because of you. Because, because of, of him. Me. It was just the skateboarding oh, acting. <laughs> yes. So months later, we're still talking. He. Flies down to Texas. So your mom left, left, left. So, and I still didn't, I mean, when I have like my eye on something, I'm like, we always giggle. We're both dogs with a bone. Like we want what we want and we like, nothing can stop us. Yeah. And so he flies down to come see me play Amber in Hairspray at Cosmignana. I'm really going to be a psycho. I swear I'm not, but I sent myself flowers from Eric that with (laughs) psycho. (laughs) Granted, I did send her flowers, but they were signed from my cousin and I because my cousin and I were flew, the ones that yeah. flew down to okay. see the show. But she wanted her own from just me. And yeah. I, I guess I, I messed up on that. <laughs> sick. I am truly a sick. I to swear show, to God. To show to your mom. To show to my mom and all my friends that like it is. Look like if you ask my best friends, they all know this. It's so sick. I swear. And I'm usually so cool. I think because I never had those feelings before uh-huh. that I was like. 
oh my God, like this is everything I could have ever imagined. And then right after that, we started dating. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't have gone down to Texas to see you in this show had I not already known I wanted to be. So with you this. you were with each other the whole time, but you weren't y'all were just we like We weren't official friends. official. Right. Right. Okay. But and so I was a little scared because I knew I was like, this is not the girl I just date. Like yeah. if when I commit to this human being, we are, are gonna be together forever. I just know it. So it took me a little bit because I knew that's what it was. I was like, I need to make sure. I need to make sure. Wait, is this really happening? And like her too. Like There's no going back once you. Okay. Yeah. And you know, I started in the industry when I was 13 professionally in Manhattan. And so the idea of family and, and a wife and all that was never something on the forefront of my mind. I didn't, you know, a lot of people in the South grew up like that's just what they live for. They can't yeah. wait to find that. That was never something I thought about. <clears throat> So to have it truly like sideswipe you when you least expect it, to me, I think, I mean, you know, that was the coolest part about the whole thing. It was just so unexpected and great. Yeah. This was before dating apps. Like there was no Tinder. Yeah, so that's yeah. a nice thing. So this, what year was this? Two, we met in 2011. 11. We were married by 2013. So and you were only? 22 and 24. And that's so super young. When we got married. When yeah. we got yeah. married. That's engaged. Like yeah, we were engaged a year and a half. I know. Yep. And so in, in I would assume in the world of like New York and Hollywood, y'all are like aliens. They thought we yes. were nuts. Yeah. You're like, you're married and you're. My friends in LA always just, I was grandpa. I was the grandpa of the group. Uh-huh. And like kind of live that, like, you know, we like to go to bed early and, you know, up early, get stuff done. But obviously we have a lot of fun too. But to all my other friends, it was always just like, oh yeah, yeah no, that, that's Graham. So total, he does total his own alien. thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's how and the, I, I got married. I think I was 23 or 22. I can't remember. Uh, but in music world, it was also kind of, it, totally. it was strange. And like our whole band, we all kind of got married pretty early. Um, so uh, there's, there's a lot to unpack here. I, I, <laughs> one, you started when you were 13. I want to dive into that because that's, that's bonkers. And then two, I, I, I want to dive into you. You're, you're from Fort Worth. Yes, sir. And you, you went to Arlington Heights. Is that I right? I did. Okay, Arlington Heights. I went to Pascal. Oh, rivaled. Uh, rivaled, but friends. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the sentiment of one going off to go do acting and, and theater is very kind of contrarian to typical Fort Worth totally. path. And then two, this mentality of, I'm not going to get married. I'm not going to have kids. Like, were you, as, a, as a kid, were you obstinate? I don't know if that's the right word. Or were you like, I'm going to do my own thing. There's got to be some I'm like running away from. Totally. I think my mom giggles that when I was three, I had a really raspy voice and okay. <laughs> I got in the car and I saw Casa and asked her what it was, mm -hmm. which I have a three-year-old now. So it's crazy. Um, she, I said, mom, they want me to be in a play. And like, as this raspy, horrible voice, my mom's like, what? And it was an audition flyer that they, that they had sent. And so I auditioned, and I was, like, the youngest. Wait, how old were you? Three. Okay. I was the youngest wow. elf of a professional show at Casa. No way. And I think from then on, it was like I had you gotten obsessed. I was obsessed. And my mom, it's so sad. I have my two best friends, Natalie and Shelby, and they remember everything in my life. And I remember nothing, which is so <laughs> sad, because I think I was always wanting to get to New York. I was always already gone. Yeah. That's so, so it was less of, like, a contrarian spirit and more of, like, I have this— this mission and this, this goal. vision yes. and this goal. And I'm laser focused on that. It's dog with a bone. Okay. It's like, that's all I wanted. It's what I dreamed about. It was, and I mean, I was Heights cheerleader. I had an amazing life mm -hmm. outside of it, but I just knew that that's what I was meant to do my whole life. Yeah. And nothing could stop me. Like, and I you, feel, you uh, siblings? 
two brothers. So Older, younger? Two younger brothers, younger. but it's four and a half and six and a half years younger. Okay. So when you're a kid, that's a huge. Yeah. But it's so amazing because they're, my brother played football for TCU and my other brother went to Alabama and they're like my best friends that they got to live. They always said they grew up in the theater. It's mm -hmm. like just watching me. And it's like by the time I left, so a lot of people don't know, they either know me or they know Jake and Charlie. Okay. Because of the age difference. Yeah. So, and I was just gone. I mean, it's like I knew that any camp I was doing, Camp Broadway, I was doing Interlochen. I was always away just wanting that goal. And then I went to Baldwin Wallace, which is one of the top musical theater schools in Ohio. That's in Ohio. Okay. And so I just left. I mean, I left as quick as I haven't, I mean, we'll talk about this obviously, but I haven't been back here since I was 17. Like wow. we didn't have a toll road. We didn't, Fort Worth was a very different place. Oh, it was so, it was way different. Yes, when I left. We had like Chili's downtown. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> so we, the know, that was, and we had Barnes and Noble it? everywhere. I was like, Barnes now there's not Noble. even Barnes and Noble oh places. Yeah. So it's so wild. You, what year did you graduate high school? 2011. Okay. No, no, no. I'm sorry. 2007. I graduated college in 11. Okay. So, um, yes, it was more like I wasn't trying to get away because I'm so grateful for everything. Yeah, that you just Texas laser focused on this. Just laser focused. And was it theater or was it acting in? I think it was more theater. Like I wanted to be a true Broadway star. Okay. Which is so wild. So I'm so great. It's just like I was not always... And were you, was that weird to your friends Me and like your, your, Oh yeah. But they thought it was, thought it was so cool. They did. Okay. Like it was always just Sainty. What was, is Sainty doing now? Uh -huh. And it was such a, I mean, all my friends say like Saintyisms. like I'm just a very and were you, different, were you big and loud? Like were you cause, very, cause big when and I loud. think when you think of Broadway, it's, totally. it's, it's animated. It's, it's in theater. You, you have to be comfortable on a stage. You have to be comfortable in front of people. Totally. You can't be afraid to sing. That's kind of vulnerable. Yes. And I think that's a lot of the things that people say about me too, that meet Eric, they're like, oh, we didn't even know if Sainty was authentic because my personality is <laughs> so big and I'm always happy and always animated and I go big or go home. Uh -huh. And like, when I cheer, I cheer to the max. But yeah. then like when I'm sad, I'm sad. To, like everything is it's extreme all emotions. Highs and lows. Yeah. So it's and like- I always float right in the middle. Yes. Kind of, and so it's kind of this balance. Uh -huh. <laughs> so it's perfect. Like I always used to get mad. I'm like, Eric, yell back. <laughs> Like, I just want you to yell, yell at me. And it's like, you would never, I did not understand, like, because everything I did was big. So I've been like that, you know, my whole life. God love my parents and my brothers. Yeah. They lived and, with and it. Were they, like, were your, was your mom or dad, like, were they theater driven? They God, no. No. So they just took you to Casa. They just did and you supported got every, which I think that's why I lasted because they didn't do, like, I didn't have them a stage mom at all. Like, okay. she wasn't doing the research and she went, you know, you had all the, I wouldn't. But she said yes. She and said yes. And, and then I found it all that. myself. Yeah, that's and cool. Let, so I got so, I think that's why I was able to last because it's like I didn't have the parents that were like on my fanny every second about what's the good classes and what I was yeah. the one that found it all. Okay. And this is pretty. It was your like, own choice. Yeah, exactly. So I think that was, which is so hard for me now, which being the mom of kids, because now I'm like, oh, do you want to be an actor? Like, yeah. I'm like, I see myself being more stage Doing mom. That, yeah. <laughs> that I'm like, I have to stop myself because I think that's why I was able to pursue it is because I didn't have parents. It like was that. your own. Yeah. It was my own. Like with my kids, I keep, I'm like, you want to play guitar? I know. I can teach you how to play guitar. It's so I bought them a guitar and they're like, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> we're good. And, and, and so you said you started acting at 13 professionally. Yeah, yep. Not just acting, but like, I'm getting paid to, to do it at 13. Yeah. Which, you know, when you're a kid, it doesn't feel, you don't 
see it as a job. You don't see it as, you know, this is a way of making a living and, and potentially something I'll do for the rest of my life. For me, it was just like this. We got an opportunity to move to Manhattan <clears throat> because my little brother got cast as Chip in Beauty and the Beast on Broadway. Oh, wow. And okay. he was six years younger than I was. Okay. And so if it wasn't for him, we never would have been to New York. This so, whole... And you, you grew up in Florida, is that correct? Yep, yep, South Florida. Okay. Uh, Mom ran retirement homes down there. Dad was a general contractor. Mm -hmm. um, owned a little horse ranch out there, so grew up with horses and stuff. Okay, hence the, we'll get into cowboy land. Here yeah. So what, grew up with horses. Did grow up with horses. In Florida. But again, like, both parents were so into them, and they, like, bought us horses and this whole thing and wanted us to all, the kids to ride so badly, and none of us did. Uh-huh. You know, it was one of those missed, missed opportunities that now I wish I, you know, I kicked yeah. myself for. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so got to go to New York. We were just gonna but Were let, you acting before that? Like... So, yeah, I... How, did, why, I why did you even... If your brother's, you were 13, he was, uh, he, uh, he was seven. So that, which means you had to have done some sort of acting and were trying out for things. Yes. So, so take me, take me back in like, okay. Okay. Even so, that in and of itself is, is interesting and kind of unusual. Yeah, absolutely. So we would, my mom put us in, there was this dance studio locally in town that offered acting classes and singing classes and dance classes, of course. And so we started taking these classes at the studio. Elementary um, school age, I'm assuming. Yeah, elementary okay. school age, um, middle, yeah, elementary school age, I guess. Um, we were doing all the sports and my dad was, you know, my coach of my ice hockey team because both my parents are from Minnesota. So as soon as we started walking, we were just like, all right, time to ice skate. Ice hockey in Florida, though, is a little... I know. Not too I know. many people do <laughs> So it's cool because, you know, your dad was like a great player from Minnesota. And so we kind of like dominated the ice hockey yeah, scene no in South Florida. no one else knew how to play. No, we know what ice is. We're like skating circles around uh -huh. these kids. They're like, how do I hold this stick? <laughs> uh, so that was fun. But at some point... My older sister was in dance classes, and so we kind of grew up going to the studios, watching her recitals and stuff like that. And at some point, I just remember saying to my mom, hey, can I try out a class? So I started taking these tap classes, okay. and it was really, really fun. I was like, oh, this is fun. Tap dancing. Do you still tap dance? Uh, I haven't in a while, but I did end up, you know, tapping on Broadway. and I You tapped on Broadway? Oh, yeah. yeah. He's like a ridiculous what? tapper. Yeah. And he could do, like, backflips, like, tumbling and stuff, too. I always got a brag because Eric's I not like a. I love that. No, but it's something, I'm always that's like his something most people won't know. This, the cowboy who taps. Can tap. Can tap dance on Broadway. <laughs> and flip flop. All right. Okay. Sorry. I'm interrupting. I'm interrupting. No, no, no. It's good, man. It's good. I, it's, it's fun to like think about this stuff again because it's been a while. Um, so I started taking these classes, these tap classes. I started really liking it. The teachers are all like, oh my God, you're a natural. There's not many guys who do it, you know? So they were like trying to do whatever they could to get me on like their competition team uh -huh. and uh, ultimately did. But they got me there because... A tap competition team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. With dance competition team, but my my thing was tap. The studio did everything, but I focused on that. And um, they had these acting classes at the studio and all the, you know, girls in my class and the teacher was like, you'd be really good and, you know, try out the acting class. And so I did. And I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. And, and what age was that? Uh, probably 10 or 11. Okay. At 10 or 11. Yep. This is what I want to do. Yeah. And at three... This is what I wanted. She to do. was a senior citizen by the time I joined. She <laughs> I was already like smoking cigarettes in the back alley with like the older actors. Not really, but you know what I mean. Um, and so got into it, started doing these competitions. Uh, Acting I would, competitions? I would do triple threat. So I would do, I would tap, I would do a monologue, I would act, and I would also sing a song. And I just thought like this is the way to 
for me, it was really just fun. And I didn't mm -hmm. expect this to lead to New York by any means, but it was a way for me to be creative. I really enjoyed the people I was in class with. And uh, it was just fun. It was different. My brother was killing it in sports. My sister had her own thing going on. Um, this was like my thing, mm -hmm. separate from anyone else in my family. And you're the middle child. Yep. And middle child's want their... Give me totally. some space. Right. Give me some space. I yeah. Want, I want to be out of out of the shadows. Exactly. Um, and so you said your dad is a carpenter. Is that right? Uh, general contractor. General, con general, general contractor. Yep. And also runs a horse ranch? Well, he trained. He was a professional polo player. Okay. And he trained uh, thoroughbred polo horses most of his life. My grandfather trained reining horses. My mom showed dressage, the whole thing. Wow. Um, so what, what was his, what, well, I'm making stereotypes here, but what was his reaction to, the, you know, contractor and his son is now like di like oh dude it was like was he supportive or was he like this is this no it's the weirdest thing to him it was, was completely it? Okay. weird he did not understand he was like what are you talking about uh -huh. he would literally i'd have him after hockey practice and games i'd have him drop me off at the studio so i could go take an acting class and attack class and he literally like his head would always be like hanging down like he just didn't get it not yeah. his world yeah i mean you know but he, he took you there he paid for it well mom Basically, was the supportive one who okay. did all that, and yeah. you know there were times when you know dad would have no choice but to shuffle me along. Uh -huh. um, but I, I felt kind of like Billy Elliot growing up a little bit, like dad wasn't into it. You know, he's like this union worker, and yeah. you know whatever. Um, but it worked out, and now he's like the most proud guy ever because especially when I got on a western like 1883 because that's his world uh -huh. and now everywhere he goes his friends are like dude your son's my favorite like <laughs> how cool is that yeah. and, you know the ladies at the little country store where he lives in Tallahassee Florida are, are sending him things to send to me and like I send them videos and whatnot and it's just I think blown up into this thing that he never yeah. expected from the beginning yeah sure and he had never even seen a play in his life until I was on Broadway and I made him come to New York to see it until you're on Broadway yeah yeah. His mom was like the one that, I mean, she stopped her whole life for okay. Eric and his brother yeah. and moved them to New York. I mean, she had ran a successful business. Um, they divorced when I was young, yes. but both still live very close in Florida. Yeah. And so both were still very much in my life. Mm -hmm. But mom was always the one that kind of took the front seat in terms of like the support and, yeah. and all of that sort of stuff, which was really cool. This episode of Stories with Soul is brought to you by TCU Neely Institute for Entrepreneurship and Innovation. They're ranked as one of the top entrepreneurship programs in the country, and they live by the Neely promise to unleash human potential with leadership at the core and innovation in our spirit. The Institute has recently launched the Horn Frog Investment Network, which leverages the expertise and experience of entrepreneurs, business leaders, and investment professionals. They source, evaluate, and invest in the next generation of innovators. Crazy cool. And as an entrepreneur myself, I know the importance of finding great help. It can truly make or break your business. Luckily, as Fort Worth entrepreneurs, we have access to some of the top up-and-coming minds in the nation. If you're a business looking for talented students and interns, visit the Neely School of Business website to learn more about the Entrepreneurial Intern Scholars Program. They're actively looking for placements for their incredible students. They're doing amazing things, and it's exciting to see the next generation of entrepreneurs grow and flourish right here in our city. This episode is brought to you by my good friends at Visit Fort Worth. Visit Fort Worth is the official destination marketing organization of the 13 largest city, and I would say the greatest city, 
in the United States, dedicated to promoting Fort Worth as a premier business and leisure destination with thriving centers of creativity, culture, and commerce. Visit Fort Worth is the parent organization of the Fort Worth Herd, the Fort Worth Film Commission, Fort Worth Sports Commission, Visita Fort Worth, and Music Initiative Here Fort Worth. They are doing a lot of amazing things. For more information on Visit Fort Worth, head over to visitfortworth.com and follow them on social at Visit Fort Worth. This episode is sponsored by the Fort Worth Business Press. As a Fort Worth entrepreneur and small business owner, the Business Press is my favorite source for news and updates about the entrepreneurial community in and around Fort Worth. I read their email newsletter literally every day. It's always full of insights and stories that really matter. Are you ready to be more connected? Sign up for their free newsletter at fortworthbusinesspress.com. But if you're like me and the newsletter just isn't enough, you can become an insider. With the code STORYTELLING10, all one word, you'll get a discount on the insider membership. Insiders receive exclusive access to special content, 24 issues of the business press delivered to your door each year, and discounts on event registrations and more. Join me and the Fort Worth Business Press in staying up to date on the people, companies, and issues that matter most to Fort Worth. There's one thing I've found, like in all the conversations I've had with artists and entrepreneurs, is like there's something about having parents that support you in chasing your dreams. Like that has mm-hmm. been a common theme. Yeah. And almost everyone, like, like, and sometimes they didn't, they didn't always agree with it, but they supported them. And some people didn't have that, but I would say most of the time, there's some like support chase your dreams i know for me like my parents didn't have have any grasp on (laughs) they're like go to business school totally right but they but they allowed us to go to chase our dreams so anyways not not to interrupt but i just think that's an interesting thing especially for 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 you guys we were we're parents of young kids yeah and it's like i i want to foster that like i would love it if they play guitar and like the things i like but i'm also like i want i want to support them in whatever that is even if it's not my thing completely And I think it's especially hard, too, as a parent, is, like, the boundaries of it all. I mean, Mm -hmm. I have a, like I said, a one- and three-year-old, so it's, like, I'm not even in the thick of it yet. But it's, like, you know the world, and you want to protect them so much from certain things. Like, obviously, acting is one of the hardest businesses. It's so, it doesn't matter how hard you work. Doesn't mean you'll make it or not. And so it's, like, why would you want your child to, they work their fanny off, they still couldn't make it. Instead of... You know, maybe in something business where it's you work your way up. Go be a lawyer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you understand it's like the riskiest thing as a parent to be like, I'm just going to throw you out there and I'll just catch you if you fall. Yeah. And it's like, I think it's very interesting that you would see that because I think the parents that are supportive, we're allowed to take risk Mm -hmm. because we know we have that net. doesn't matter if it's a financial net or a... um, emotional net you have someone to catch you yeah whether it not even be a parent but somebody supporting you it's a yeah. game changer it is it because totally you is. can make take the risk and be like well if i mess up that's okay yeah like, at least i tried yeah that's yeah that's cool and that's like yeah goals goals as a parent so you're doing these competitions things are going well yeah. and so what it, and your brother starts doing it too is my that, brother starts doing it too okay. now he was born truly gifted okay. like Born with perfect pitch. Oh, yeah. So, and from a young age, we, we figured that out. He was the youngest kid ever to sing the national anthem at a major league baseball game at two years old. And no, it's two? Two? At two? two years That's what old. I said. What? Yeah. Full out. We no, have and the when video. you meet him, you'll oh, get it. So how do you? How do you even like— He's a prodigy. How'd they find him to— 
It's we. I mean, as a two-year-old, as a two-year-old, I can't fathom that. No, I know. I, d- I, know. I didn't either. I like yeah. triple checked when Eric told me that. I was like, mm, yes. Yep. And yep. then I was like, oh, I saw the mom and I saw the video and I was like, okay, two. So he's so he's following in your footsteps and yeah, he's kind of leading the way. He's oh, okay. kind of leading in a, in a way. Um, the dancing thing was mine. That was like my strength. Then he started taking the classes, and then he was naturally they picked up on his musical ability and his mm-hmm. singing ability and you know he could barely say the words but knew every every word every note perfectly and mm. we had a, a guitar teacher come over to the house one day and he was tuning his guitar and matt was like oh that string's off and he's like what do you mean he's like oh well that's supposed to be a g and he's like three or whatever and Christ. and he that's plays it on the wild. piano he's like it's supposed to be this note he's like you're right it is supposed to be that note and he he like untuned another one he's like what is this he's like that's not right either it's supposed to be this note and so he's like oh you have perfect pitch no way yeah and so then he just once once we figured that out my mom just like harvested that and you know let him lean into to that gift mm-hmm. which is truly something as you know you're only born with mm-hmm. and um he he just took off and so he started singing then he he came to one of my competitions and he entered in the the the, the triple threat category uh-huh. and there happened to be one of the judges was a manager from new york city and she was like hey they're casting chip and beauty and the beast your brother would be perfect um or your son she's saying this to my mom your son would be perfect would you guys be interested if we flew you up for him to audition and this was so far-fetched we're mm-hmm. like auditioning for a broadway show you've got to be kidding me you know um never had anyone in our family we had like our cousin Tess, who she was friends with, who mentioned earlier, was an actress. Mm-hmm. But again, living in Florida, nobody had done Broadway or anything like that. Long story short, they fly us to New York. He auditions for Broadway. He gets the job on Broadway. On, on Broadway. Broadway, and people spend spend years, their and whole years lives, and years yeah. and years yes. off Broadway and trying to work your way up. I know, I know. It was What's how old was he? Seven. That's Wild. so crazy. Yep. And so your your mom relocates. My the mom, whole who family. has a successful a successful business in Florida that she's you know put her heart and soul into for years, she and built it, herself. Did she close it down? She or sold she it. Yeah, not at first. She's yeah. like, okay, they want to sign you in six month contracts, yeah. so they signed up for six months. So we knew we were going to go to New York for six months, try this out, and then go home. Well, six months comes to an end. They want to renew his contract. And for did another. you start going? Did you enroll in school? And- yeah. So there's a, a school in Manhattan, which the movie Fame was based off of. Okay. Professional Performing Arts School. It's where you know. So you, should- you get into an art school. I auditioned. It's like a rigorous audition process. Never thought I'd get in. Very small classes. I got in. Okay. Um, and I was like, oh my god! While he's doing the show, I get to go to this insane school, which feels like a college. You have a major. You get musical theater classes throughout. You know, between math and science, you get to go do acting. Wow. And between these two, you're gonna go take your dance class. Um, like, so wasn't like, Sarah Highland and all like the big wigs oh, were all I mean, in his class? Okay. Yeah, they were. Every child actor who was working in New York went to this school if they were in a school and not homeschooled yeah. because they supplied you tutors when you were on set and everything, and it was just catered to working children. Yeah. And I was the only one who had never worked on Broadway or in huge blockbuster movies or on television. And so as you can imagine, when most people, you see like celebrities out on the street or something, I was in class with like a group of celebrities uh-huh. as a 13-year-old <laughs> skater from Florida. I was like, yeah. where am I? How is this happening? And were you fr- did you feel like you fit in or did you feel... Oh, I felt like they thought I was the cool kid. And I was like, no, no, no. Because you guys are the cool kid. They thought you were the cool kid because you were just normal. Like- yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I was like, I had the long, I had much longer hair even then. And, okay. and I was just like the skater kid who like 
didn't know that this world was even serious. Uh And they were all like, all right, I'm leaving at one today because I'm going to, you know, go film my 12th episode of the season and, you know, I'll be back tomorrow morning, whatever. I was like, this is the craziest thing. So, like, fate, literally, or God, just, like, launched you into this world. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, an amazing mom. Yeah. That Um, just, like, truly gave up. Who, a door opened, and she walked through it. Yeah. That's and she cool. asked us every step of the way. She's like, are you sure this is something you want to do? Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. And so when his six months were up at Beauty and the Beast, they wanted to sign him for another six months. So at this point, all of our friends and family think we're coming back. Mm-hmm. And we're like, well, Matt, do you want to do this for another six months? And Matt's like, 100%. She's like, Eric, do you want to do this for another six months? I was like, I never want to leave. Yeah. And she's like, Okay. And what's she doing for money? How is she paying for this? Because it's, it's expensive to live in New York. Totally. It's very expensive. And so she made the decision. She's like, I'm going to sell my businesses mm-hmm. and uh, we'll do this. If this is really what you want to do, let's go for it. And at that time, every agent in New York was telling my mom they need to be here. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to have careers. They just, they saw it right away. Uh, my school was saying the same thing. And so my mom was like, wow, this is, this, this could be something. And the school's saying you're good. Yeah. Okay. Amongst these like kids that have yeah. been doing it their whole lives, like Sainty, uh-huh. um, and not to that level. It was it was the top level for yeah. sure. Had you been in New York and had those opportunities, it would have been your level. But granted, so she sells the businesses. <laughs> she's like, okay, we're doing this thing, and we just never left. Six months turned into eleven years. Yeah. And so you grew up in New York. Grew truly, up in New York. In yeah. the in the Broadway theater acting world. Yep. Which is, that's wild. I know. That's wild. a wild world. It really was. So then by the time I was 16. And you're skateboarding around the streets of New York, which that. Oh my God. Yeah. And like, <laughs> well, there's no cars, <laughs> yeah. you know? No one has cars there. So that was like my car. That was like uh, my, you and know. And moved to LA by yourself, right? At like 16. Well, so. We I, lived just very opposite lives in every sense of, like. But once you moved to New York, it was just very opposite. It was crazy. And I'll, I'll never forget my mom. At, at one point, she'd have to drop off my brother. At Be- uh, he was now in Mary Poppins on Broadway. He was like the boy in that. Would drop him off. Would then see that I got to the theater on Broadway. Would go pick him up and then pick me up. And so then you, were all- doing, you were doing Broadway stuff? When did you get on? Uh, 16 is when I booked a show that we did the out-of-town run of. And then it was on Broadway by the time I was 17. And, and what, tell them the what cat. show was that? Uh, it's show. called 13, 13 Musical. And you were traveling? You were doing... So we did, yeah, I did uh, an out-of-town run of it. Okay. Um, before it got to New York, it went to Goodspeed in Connecticut to make sure, is this ready for Broadway? And then they were like, yes, it is. And so, then you were on Broadway at 16. Then I was on Broadway. With Ariana Grande, Elizabeth Gillies, Graham, what's his last? I should Phillips. Know. Graham Phillip. I mean, the cast is like... No way. Yeah, that was Ari's Star. first... Like big, what? and did she show. have the pipes then? Oh yeah, oh. her voice is so. But she was just one of. She, I mean, she understudied the lead girl, but was the ensemble in our show. Okay, and she was just like this little girl from South so Florida. So you sing? I do. You still? He's sing? an amazing singer. Yeah, I don't. I didn't choose that path. It's not like where I'm comfortable. Yeah. Um, but it's there, uh-huh. and uh, I get to sing. I just, I just booked a, a cool movie where I get to play a rock star, and I will get to sing a bunch in that. Um, I can't say too much about it yet, but we'll be sure. Is this from the is this from the Instagram photo shoot stuff? Yes. Um the um no. Oh, not, not that, that n- no. not the story. Yeah, different. Okay. No. But I it's cool like cuz I randomly just got like keepers. a couple secret keepers. <laughs> <laughs> it's truly it's so wild. So you're going to play a rock star? Get to play a rock star. Is it like a biopic? Uh not a fictional rock star or like a No, this one the the one I'm talking about right now is okay. is is completely uh, you know, 
made up, so to speak. Oh, okay. But the director, Michael Garcia, is his epic, epic musical video director. Um, he did, you know, everything from uh, Machine Gun Kelly's Bloody Valentine video to, you know, you name it. He's so really, you're going to sing? Yeah, I'm going to sing and play electric. Cool. Yeah, I've got four songs in the movie. No Which way. I'm pretty pumped about. You wrote the songs? No, they, all, okay. they did all they that And they're stuff. amazing. Yeah, they're, they're cool such, songs. No, I have a little side story about this. This is when you know you need to, like, never make enemies in life. So Eric's co-star, Elizabeth Gillies, and Eric are dating all of 13 while they're on Broadway. Okay, real life dating. In real life okay, dating. Okay, okay. She was a lead, Just she Google was, their names. Yeah, yeah okay. she's You'll the lead on Dynasty, ever. the CW show right now. Okay. She's been the lead on that and a bunch of other stuff. So we're together. I auditioned for my first pilot, and it's called Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll. Uh-huh. And it's to be Dennis Leary, to be the lead girl's best friend. So I auditioned, and the casting director, Ross Meyerson, who we are still in love with today, goes, do you realize your best friend? We're the only two young people on the show. Mm-hmm. No offense to ever. Like, you know, the play the yeah. young crew um, is going to be Elizabeth Gillies, Eric's ex-girlfriend. And you knew that was his ex-girlfriend. And I knew that. And I was like, yeah. what? So Eric would come home and Liz and I are just like sitting in my house because Hang we became out. best friends. Was that weird? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. But <laughs> I loved so it. Weird. I was like, he had great taste and we couldn't be like uh, more opposite. So I was true. like. It's the kind we fit like so great as great friends. So I always just giggled. I'm always like, I never even thought of it. Like, oh my God, that's like his ex-girlfriend. That's yes. all I thought of it as. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, it was so yeah. wild. So a little side note, yeah. never make enemies because yeah, you even, never know. Even with your exes. Even with your exes. Even with your exes. I know. So it's so wild. So so, so wind up on the on, on this Broadway show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And did that for... Did that. Was with the show for about a Were year. Were you still doing the school stuff? Um, you... So at that point, I had left PPAS. Um, Your homeschool. And, and am now finishing up high school online. Okay. Just because between our rehearsal schedules yeah. and all of that, none of us can I mean, go it's to in- school. That's intense, intense, giant. And it, at night, you're, you're up late at night per- performing. Oh, Tell yeah. Me. Yeah. You're not, in, you're not home... Till like 1130 each night. And so there was no way school was going to happen. So it took me two and a half years longer than it should have to even finish high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had, met him. He was still in high school. I'm pretty sure I was going to say, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was still in high school when you met me. Um, so I was a college graduate. Didn't know. I'm kidding. Yeah. I mean, I could have just got it done. But once I started working, yeah, it just kind of didn't is, stop. This is what you wanted to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And, everyone, and so my family members were like, so are you going to go to college? I was like, I literally would only go to do what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Why, why would you go? if this There was is no what, point. Yeah. yeah. No, we went no to college point. to get where he was Mm -hmm. which is so interesting because I thought like going to college and all of that to train it's like I felt behind once I moved to New York because it's like all these kids had grown up there and worked their whole life yeah and you thought coming from like a top top school like you're coming in as the big dogs yeah and it's like we came in it's like oh my god we're almost too late yeah like these kids have his brother's been doing it since he was forever it's yeah yeah. how do you even yeah i'm kind i i'm a fan of college i went i I didn't graduate but i went to tc for totally but i'm also like anti-college if my kids want to go do i completely sooner go go chase your thing because you really see it's like i mean i even though i did four years of like rigorous training it's like i was behind by the time yeah i got there because it's like these kids had done it forever and so in you, you leaving Fort Worth, like, was that like, so you go to Ohio in this, mm-hmm. in this prestigious. Yes. But teeny, teeny, tiny town. And, I, and I'm assuming there's, there's very like few people from the South and Texas. And, and was that, was that like a hard transition? Was it 
And even here with your friends, was it was while well, everyone else is going to UT and TCU? Totally. And and- um, shockingly, it was amazing. Like I wish I like had a, like <laughs> a horror story. It was. I was still so. I was so happy. Well, minus I get there and they you don't have AC. other people that are just like you. Yeah, and they all there was only eleven people in my class. Whoa, super small. So it's super small. So it's okay. like all of us knew we were there for a reason. Yeah, you found my your class people. was amazing. So we kind of called us like the underdogs. So the class above us was like musical theater and they were so and we were kind of like our best friend rod was the quarterback of his high school football team like i'd come from cheerleader so we were all kind of had other things in our life Mm -hmm. besides theater yeah so it was kind of cool that we were just living our lives they never really looked at us so Uh we kind of got to come in as like these underdogs which all of us have been successful in such like such different areas now because of it because we didn't have that pressure yeah. So it's like, I really dig it, but I get there. I'm sorry, as I was saying, and they didn't have air conditioning. When it's like my friends at TCU, oh, yeah. I've like, you know, dry cleaning and, uh-huh. you know, there we didn't no have like air conditioning. no AC. You weren't allowed to have a car your freshman year. And it's freezing in the winter. Free and hotter than hell. Is this in the classrooms or in your? In our dorms. dorms. Okay. So you're <laughs> sleeping like. No, or sleeping hotter than hell. Oh, God. So it was horrible. So like, that's the part that they was like heat. such. They had heat. Just no. Yeah. It was like a culture. Shot. That's yeah. the part that I was like, oh my. And it really snowed from October to May. Yeah, it's cold. Now. Um, so that was very different. But to be able to do what I loved every day, oh my God. Like you were in heaven. I was truly in the happiest. But I never got cast as like one of the leads in the musical, which is so interesting. Going back now, I teach master classes for them. Oh, you do? So okay. I'm like, it's so cool to be like, that's what I always tell I help the seniors. And I'm like, who cares? Like, mm-hmm. if you are the lead right now, I mean, doesn't mean you're not going to have three Emmys and yeah. a Tony later on. Yeah. So it's like, and I can be the youngest producer. In to- but it's yeah, so, yeah. it's like, it sounds so silly, but it's like always, I was never quite enough. It's put it, you got to put in the work. Yeah. And I've always had to put in, like, I wish we always giggle that I think Eric's brother has such a natural ability. Mm-hmm. Eric and I always feel like ours didn't come natural. Yeah. We always had to work like extra hard. But I think a lot of the time I'm always like, oh, I wish I had that natural. Like, where would I be now? But I think that because we didn't have that natural ability that we've gotten the success yeah. where we are now because we've had to hustle our fannies off And ab- ability only takes you so, so far. So totally. And a lot of times people with the ability peter out because they're so... They're so used to just it be given to them. Yeah. And where when you have to work for it, when you have to like earn it, like when you when you have... There's, there's a there's a book, I actually just read it called, I think it's called The Growth Mindset or The Mindset. It's by this neuroscience, prof- I think a, a Stanford professor, but it's all yeah. about putting in the work and putting it, like having a mindset where when you fail, it doesn't mean you're not smart. When you fail, it doesn't mean you're not good. Ability doesn't matter. What matters is putting in the work. And it's the thing I've been trying to like te- teach, my, teach my kids. Like Rosie just, she made a, uh, who's my six-year-old, seven-year-old, she had a bad grade on her spelling test. And I was like, you see this? What does this mean? What does it mean when you have like, a bad, a bad grade. And I was like, does it mean you're not smart? And I was like, no, it doesn't mean you're not smart. It means this is a chance to work harder. And mm-hmm. so, but, but that to, to your point, it just, it's, it's, it's reiterating what I just read in this book and what I'm totally. trying to teach my kids is like, when you fail, you just got to work hard. It's like, you got to practice. Practice is it not ability. And it's so true. Like the people in my class, I got the very best agents. Cause we do this thing called a showcase Okay, are all not in the business anymore. Yeah. And like, the head of our program had to beg an agency to sign me. 
And I was the first one to come out swinging with a contract because I did Dorian Finding Nemo, the musical. Mm -hmm. So it's like, that's the part where it's, it's so true. It's like hard work and that's all that matters. And yeah. I always, like I had a fake publicist uh -huh. and I would write from her so bad. So if you see those past emails, I, that did, it was, I, it was I, actually I pretended mean. to be a fake booking agent before. No, it's so no, true. Where, where I made like, I made up a booking agent email account. You and had stuff. to hustle yeah, it yeah, out. Yeah. And I was like, that's we just that's I think our that we have so much in common is the hustle between us mm -hmm. and the teamwork. Oh my gosh, we are such a team with everything. Yeah, that I wanted we do. To, I wanted to talk about we'll take a little divergence from the story, but like your relationship and how how it works. Because I think the, the unusual and the hard thing about what you do is like, is when you're on the clock or on the job, yeah. you're on. It, there, it's not nine to five. You're like, they're gone. Like you were just traveling and like, some, like you're traveling or you're gone. It's a 24 seven thing. And so there's gotta be some, you know, su support there. And like, totally. what, what is that? And, and traveling communication is harder, you know, oh, yeah. kids and like talk, just talk about just your relationship dynamic in the context of what makes it special and also maybe some advice or things that you've learned along the way. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like easy to it. I hate when like, cause we always look so sunny and, and we're still trying to figure it out. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're all trying to figure it out. Yeah, totally. We just now have a one-year-old and a three-year-old. And so the pandemic hits, we have our second child get 1883 which was a blessing because i filmed most of it i got to sleep in my own bed the whole time yeah. so we still didn't really have to figure out how we're going to juggle the two kids while i'm gone thing and now we're just figuring all that stuff out um let's go back i was like <laughs> and that makes it look really easy no when i first met eric he was doing all my children okay. so i'm from the south so remember my mom seeing that girl at lunch uh, well eric's now on all my children kissing madly in love not in real life but yeah, on the yeah. show with this girl i couldn't take it. Like the blonde, I, the blonde girl from the restaurant. No, that a different girl, a okay. real no, like his co-star. Okay, okay. She, uh, was, a she was a soap star, star too. Time. Okay, um, but I did not get it. Like I was like, he's going to work to cheat on me. Like oh, I was, I okay. just truly. So I really, my parents, they're great about flying up and helping me. They flew up and they were like, get a grip. You're either going to lose him. Or so I started talking. So this became a flight, or not a, fi a flight, a fight in your relationship. One hundred percent, because I I wasn't used to that. So yeah. much so that I walked into the <laughs> the network's office and told them I was like, unless you change the script writing right now, I don't know if I can keep doing this. Oh really? Because what did they I, say to that? They were like, how would she feel if we made your character gay? <laughs> Kid you not. I go back home and I'm like, honey, I went in because I don't like what this is doing to our relationship. And I want to make sure that, you know, this comes first before any career at this point. That was big of you to even, to, one, to say that and then two to. Totally. I was nervous as shit. I was like, oh, they're going to fire me. Mm -hmm. And um, they weren't. They thought about it and, you know, they completely heard what I had to say. And they're like, would she be okay if you were gay on the show? So I was like, babe. This might be a win-lose situation here. I was depending. like, hell yeah. And I was like, what do you feel about this? She was like, oh, why would I ever stress about that? Because I know that's, you know, not uh -huh. the case, whatever. And I was like, all right. So I went back into their office. I told them, I was like, well, you know where my comfort levels are just from the boy-girl situation. Now consider where my comfort levels would be for It was just this no sex. Situation. I didn't want to see him uh -huh. because it's a soap. That yeah. was like the big thing is I was like, I don't want... And yeah. we still talk about this now is mm -hmm. 
remember if we do want, this is at the time we want children, I don't want them Googling your name yeah. and seeing your wiener. Like, <laughs> Which it, I never would have done no, ever. But, but even like 18, <laughs> First and foremost. No, but it's so true. Yeah, like, cause at the yeah. time they're big stuff. And I always said, cause this was before now there's so many streamings. I was like, unless it's HBO or you're winning an Academy Award. Uh-huh. And I was like, because then if they make fun of our kids, well, they'll be like, well, look at his Academy Award. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like that was. So the I, show got canceled before yeah, the gay before season they started, went by on. the way. Okay, so that so never played out. Cha- they were going to change. They were going to change. It was going to be amazing, though. Well, because they were like, oh, that'll be a great Emmy storyline. That would. They, but we, this is the conflict that like if totally. when your spouse like that's a that's a legit, you know, cognitively, this is this is a. You know, for the sake of the show and the art, but yeah. also like that's hard. that's hard. It's your husband, well, your, your yes. boyfriend kissing, and I had to get a grip. Like I yeah. really needed to grow up. I mean, mm. mind you, I'm 23 at this point, from the South, yeah. used to musical theater, which is like you know you kiss and all, but you're not having you're not a soap. Yeah. So it's like that's I had to really grow up yeah. and learn. And so we get out of this. Well, we and you it, were on the soap for a long. You were on that for a long time. Yeah, a I year mean, and a half? yeah, I think I, yeah, there was like fifty-four episodes or something Whoa. that I did, and that—that's somewhat nine to five, right? Like, that, oh yeah, that, that is that, even that, more world so. is, that world is nine to five. Yeah, and it was more so because I had to travel to Connecticut every day to film, so they picked oh, me up four a.m., drive us out to Connecticut, film all day in Connecticut, and then drive us all the way back at night. So okay. I would be. Before she woke up, I was gone. Yeah. And when she was in bed already sleeping, I got home. And oh, he was losing wow. all this weight for a movie, so he was a little grouchy. Because he was starving himself. Okay. So I was like, minus that was on the side too. So it was like, just all of a sudden, my partner, which minus, we lived like hermits. We like would stand inside, we giggle, everyone. We both got so chunky donkey when we first met because we would just hibernate <laughs> and eat and like love. So now all of a sudden, my man is gone and so skinny and kissing a girl. Like it was such a. And were you, were you in, in a production at the time? So I'm then down in Florida doing Finding Nemo. Okay. So it's just like a, it's a truly a growing up. We're kids. Yeah. I mean, it's like all of a sudden this kids big juggling with life the, and the the logistics of it. Totally. And kids in a relationship. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, it's like, oh wow, we can't just like hide from the world. Yeah. Because that's what we did. We hid yeah. from everything, and we're together twenty four seven. And and conflict is difficult when you when you're not there. Like I like totally. so my, my first year of marriage, I was gone like 300 days, uh, and it's it's one thing when you have a fight and you can just like put your arm around the other person, you know, totally. you're present. But it's another thing when you when you have a fight and you're like on a phone. Like it's it's it, it, communication is much harder. And you can say a lot more when you're on the phone instead of looking somebody in the eyes. Yeah. Like you can kind of let it all out and stuff you if, don't mean because you don't have to you, see that. Yeah, it forces you to to learn to communicate totally better, but it's still hard. It's still and freaking from hard. from what we do too, it's hard not to let emotions carry into your work environment. Mm. And then you're in your head when like you're if you have a bad day or, and you're thinking about that. Totally. Yeah, so that can all play a factor into how your workday is going to go. You can't just escape at the computer in your office. You're mm-hmm. pretending to be really happy in this scene when something five minutes ago really kind of threw you mentally off. Yeah. It's learning how to juggle all that. Yeah. Compartmentalize a and little comp- bit. Yeah, exactly. And I have to give a compliment to Eric because I bet like nobody knows this really from 1883. Um, our, so I had a really tough pregnancy, have the baby and he is horribly sick. Mm-hmm. So I am by myself most days with this horribly sick little boy so and you, a toddler. So you had the baby while, while you were filming. So Eric yeah. went to film the next day. The next day after yeah, you had the baby? Yeah, because this is my second baby. 
So I was like, go I get told you know? them too. Whoa. I was like, just yeah. ha- you know, they knew she was pregnant, and the running joke on set was that I was going to have to run to the hospital. Like she would go in labor in the middle of a yeah. scene, so I'd show up in the 1883 gear at the hospital. Oh, you would? With, no, like, they the literally gun got belt, permission. The hat, the whole thing. I was like, well, yeah. I'm not gonna- like he's a Six Flags character. Totally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Didn't happen that and way. And meanwhile, no one knows he's filming. That's the craziest part too. And I'm not allowed to legally tell everybody. Like NDAs. And so stuff. my parents, yes. So my okay. parents are the only ones that know. We have to. Like not be around anybody because of isolation. Oh, because and it's of, COVID. And, and it's COVID. COVID. Okay. So minus our son is born and I have this horribly sick child. So Eric is like poor thing. I am. Everyone's thinking I have postpartum depression, which is such a. Thankfully, this wasn't the case, but everybody thought that because I was like, something is wrong with this kid. Like I'm mm. not crazy. Like I truly was. I mean, I hate like almost like almost even suicidal in the sense of like, I was done. I was like, I cannot do this. Something is wrong with this child. Because they, he was crying. Oh, or he, crying he wasn't all eating, the time, wasn't or... eating. I was waking up every hour to feed him and yeah. I had help. Yeah. So it's like, I can't imagine these incredible moms. Yeah. Like after this, I was like, single moms deserve everything and or single parents because I had help. I had an incredible parent. I had everybody helping me under the mm-hmm. sun and it didn't matter. Yeah, It's like in my mind, I was like, Cause he was sick. He's sick. Something yeah. is wrong with this kid. And Eric is in the thick of filming. So God love him. He has to go the biggest opportunity of his life. And his wife is falling apart. My toddler's falling apart because the mom's falling apart. And all of a sudden her life has been rocked because daddy's gone. Yeah. I have a sick baby and mom can't get a grip. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it was such a hard, I mean, the fact that Eric was able to give that performance and, what was going on at home. And you're probably feeling this giant weight of oh, stress. Yeah. And guilt of like, man, do I like. I know. And it was, it, it, it really was so heavy. But at the same token, it was such a blessing from God that I didn't film this in Arizona. Totally. Or yeah. New Mexico or somewhere else. I got to come home. Mm-hmm. And so I at least felt like I was a part of what was happening, even mm-hmm. though I still felt so disconnected yeah. because mm-hmm. of scheduling. Um, and thank God for it because I was like, imagine having both parents in the thick of it too. Yeah. Like he was able to have a break so he could come home. And when I'm having a nervous breakdown, he could stay strong because he got to get away. Yeah. So it was like, it really was as much as I would have liked him there, I wouldn't have. Yeah. Because it was like he was able to stay strong for us. Yeah. That's incredible. And he was just, we giggle with another thing. He was just gone shooting two movies and he was gone for two months. Our son went to the ICU with oh, RSV no. a step above. The, this is our sweet Mickey. It's always going to be our Mickey. Mm-hmm. He keeps us on our toes. But it was because of that experience. I was like, Eric, if you show up at this ICU, I'm going to be pissed because we have worked too hard because yeah. he was doing um, another thing. If you watch the Yellowstone premiere in New York City, Eric's doing um, the interviews. Well, no one knew that his child's in the ICU on an 18 um, high flow, like a step above the ventilator with pneumonia. But I was like, oh my gosh. You, we have both worked too hard for it. Yeah. Like if you show up, everything that we have done, like I've got this. Yeah. And I think that was the cool part because of the 1883 experience. I was like, I'm okay. And mm-hmm. we had like a whole, the nurses were going to call if it like started to go, like we had a whole game plan to cook, yeah. thank God. And I had told them, because I, so I was shooting a movie in Houston, or El Paso at that time. Yeah. They allowed me the day off to fly to New York to host the Yellowstone season five premiere. And I find this out right before I'm about to leave for New York. And so 
I've got both productions on like standby, which, you know, they're pouring millions of dollars into these things. Mm. One day of not working for like, it's so much money down the drain. The whole staff and production. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's a huge deal. And, but I basically, I tell the, a couple of the Paramount people, I'm like, this is a situation. If it escalates, I got to get off. Figure out a backup plan because there's no way I can't not be there. Tell the movie in El Paso, one guy, because I didn't want it to spread around and then everybody's, you know, talking about it. To me, that like that's too much pressure. And so I'm like, both these people kind of know what's going on. Here I am. Now I'm traveling to New York the whole time, just like getting updates. Finally get there. All right, is he he's he's okay? Oh, yep, yep, go do the interviews. So then I go to the red carpet, do all the hosting. Go right back to the airport, like 4 a.m., get on a pl- flight. Meanwhile, the entire time, I'm just like, please tell me he's and getting better. And El Paso better. is not an easy place to get to. So it's like all these layovers. Mm. It's- oh, yeah. Nightmare. Nightmare. And so luckily, after day three, they're like, okay, we're going to release him to go home. No, day three, day five. Day five. You were in, in, in the hospital yeah. for five I was days. like, it... But they guys, I, this is so stressful. Yeah, it's so. <laughs> that's but, so. That's so much. But but I think it's like the trust. You're like I trust you. Uh, I support you. There's a lot. Like there's a lot of sacrifice there. That's there's a lot of on both ends. Yeah. That's the thing. And I was saying our son was sick during 18. He had pyloric stenosis, which I now had no idea what that what was. Is, what, what is that? It's basically a blockage in front of your esophagus. So you're starving so food yourself to death. isn't entering. That's why he was spitting everything up. Uh, so it would literally go in, pull up right by the blockage by the, in the esophagus, and he would just spit it all back out. So nothing was entering. From two months to three months, he went from— Three months to four months because he got it at three months old. For his checkup. He went from being in the like 80th percentile or whatever to the below zero. Yeah. And they're like, Whoa. something's really, he really wrong. Oh, and he looked very ill. But we all thought like Eric, no offense, is more on the teeter side. We we're like, oh, he just takes after his daddy's more. I'm five two. Yeah. Um, so we really just didn't and he wasn't spitting across the room. So it's like that's why all the keys weren't and we were feeding him twenty four seven. Usually they lose weight a lot quicker than that. Mm-hmm. Well, we were just feeding him anything yeah. to get well, we, they said once I checked him in that he was like two weeks away from having like a heart attack and not being able to, cause he was oh truly, st- I mean, deteriorated. To this day, if you look at the tip of his tongue, it, there's like, um, it almost like indents in. They said sometimes with kids with malnutrition, when they're growing up, the tongue doesn't form all the way. Wow. And so like, he has like little things like that, that like remind us like, oh my God, you really were so close. And this we was, had no idea. No People idea. were just saying it was acid reflux mm-hmm. or it was... Postpartum you know. depression with a more difficult child. He's fine. These things happen. Yeah. Eventually, you know, maybe he's lactose intolerant. And that's why he's spitting it up. Tried different milks. Oh, different nothing, medicines. Nothing worked. And finally, we go. He gets a scan at the hospital after our doctor was like, all right, he's below zero percentile. Something's not and right. And our friend, J. Max Slaughter. J. Max Slaughter made sure we got right in, took care of us, did a scan. They were like, pyloric stenosis, surgery, removed it the very next day, normal. Wow. And now he's like... Off the charts in percentile. Oh, he's, he's a full he's football thriving. player. Yeah. He's the biggest thing you'll ever see. But he's one of the guys. He just got sick. Oh yeah, he was yeah. just. An, but but when, so it's always our Mick. Like I yeah. said, it was like it's always our Mick man, and it's yeah. like you really do. The thing I've learned so much, especially during these COVID times, is you've got to give people a little grace. Everybody has something they're going through. Something, and it's yeah. like you look at our Instagrams right now, and everything looks perfect. Yeah, and you would have looked the, at the pictures. The look, because I don't like to share with anybody. Yeah. Even yeah. my best friends are like, we had no idea. And I'm like, I like to get through the storm and then I'll share. So mm-hmm. usually like nobody, his mom knows that about me. I'm like, 
do not text his family until we are out of the hospital. Like, I am just very, which is so weird because I'm not a private person. Do you not like asking for help or you just don't like? I think because it becomes reality. Okay. If I'm experiencing something that I'm like, oh my God, this is real. Like, this is. She goes into like fight or flight mode. Yes. Mm -hmm. Somehow just, let's just get through this and, and do our thing. And the minute it's done. We can then bring other people into this. Yeah. yeah. Which is the drive thing. The totally. I'm, I, I am the solution to the problem. I'm going to go crush whatever that beat a sick child, what, whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. And my yeah. mom called my best friend when Mick was headed to the ICU because, of course, both my parents are out of town. So I'm like, I am by myself. She calls and I'm my, gone. And Eric's gone. No. Calls my best friend and I give her my phone. And I'm just like, here. Like, I don't yeah. want to. We have 15 doctors in the room. They're saying... If we would have waited, it just could another situation gone south, expected to get on the ventilator. And I'm like, and we had, I always say that's the key to the ICU is have your best friend with you. Because mm. it's like, it's not two emotional parents. It's like somebody can be a little distant and I will thank her. We both will owe my Shelby for that time forever because of it. Um, I got to just focus on my child and poor Eric. I think he had the harder situation because I was like, Everybody else is being taken care of. And I am in the zone with my boy and we got this yeah. and we are going to rock and roll. What, what, man, what a testament to y'all's relationship. I think that's, it's, it's cool hearing how that inner in, works. I'm, I'm curious, two things. One is we, we, we scratched at it a second, a second ago about just your acting style. You're like, when I, when I go all into this, I'm, I go into that character. So I'm, I'm curious what that looks like compounded with because I, I'm assuming they relate, compounded with like when stressful things are happening, how do you how do you handle it? I don't know if they relate at all. Like if you're like I go so into the character, I can stop thinking about it, or I manage stress because I meditate. Like I, I don't know. So I'm a asking two things: is one sort of your acting style, and does that also affect how you handle these super intense, hard things that are thrown your way? It is funny because oftentimes <clears throat> if we're going through something difficult or something. And I'm like, you know, stressing out about it. She's like, stop. You know what you'll do. You could just use this. I know. I know how you work, Eric. You're going to use this frustration and this, like, insecurity, and it's going to play perfectly into this part because X, Y, and Z. And she's always right. Like, that's, I think that's how I handle it is I'll, I'll just use it in places where it can benefit you, you me. You tap into that 100%. Emotion. 100%. And so, you know, you're not always going to be, when I'm hosting a red carpet, and the most, one of the most stressful things is happening. I can't really use that emotion, yeah. you know? So that's just one of those things where you truly have to just block, just tune, you know, white noise, everything, mm -hmm. and just know that I have to give one and a half, you know, an hour and a half of my time to this one thing, and then life will resume. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a freeze frame, okay. you know? And I'm, I'm just living in this fake moment <laughs> for an hour or two, and then you know, everything will resume motion again. And that's just, I think, how I have to mentally or how I have recently been able to get through it. And when you get into a character, what do you do? Like, do you, is, is, is it method acting at all? Like, is there a little level, like, where you, or is it, I just hit the switch and I go? Like, do you, do you bring that home too? Like, is, it, is the reverse happen? I'll be um, interested to see what he says and then what I say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, different, you know, I, it's not always, I feel, the same technique for me in every project. Um, but if it's something that's out of my level of, not necessarily comfort, but out of my norm, 
I, I do need to immerse myself a little bit. You know, I'm not Jared Leto on set sending dead rats to people <laughs> because I'm playing the Joker. Uh, like, I keep it to myself yeah. and obviously my household, but um, I do, I do, I need to mentally and emotionally we become morph. that character. Become yeah. that world. Yeah. We definitely morph. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm wearing a, 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 a buckle that I just won the other night at the celebrity cutting event. Oh, and you won that buckle? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. I'm Bro, Friday. that's like real deal cowboy Oh, he's right like yeah. a legit cowboy now. <laughs> and I didn't start all this until 1883. And now. you did a cutting competition? And now I'm 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 so immersed that yeah, I'm able to win a cutting competition. Yes, after dude. this, he's going to it in a cutting event right after this? Yeah, right after we end this, I'm, I'm going to go support uh, family. You're like legit Texas cowboy And I've been now. on a horse twice in my life, and uh -uh. I'm from here. <laughs> That's where it goes to show. Your New, your New York husband. <laughs> but I literally. Rocking the giant belt Look buckle at us that he wore. I am fully exactly. New York. He yeah, is you fully cowboy. You got the black leather. <laughs> I, we are, couldn't be more opposite. <laughs> but it, it's just, but I do find so much joy in it. And I, 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 I fully fall in love with, you know, a genre or a style or something. And I'm not, I don't feel mentally like I'm pretending. Like uh -huh. I fully... You appreciate it. I appreciate oh, every like second of it. the marrow out of it. Yeah. Yes, and yeah. I, and that's that's what I do. I'm like all or nothing. I feel like most of the time, um, and this is just such a supportive and incredible uh, genre and you know piece of history that I get to be a part of. And there's so much support in this world. I think in Fort Worth too. That's yeah. mainly Especially it's like Fort Worth that I don't want to leave it. I, so I, do you want to do more kind of this Americana? Totally. Are there more opera? Like, is there oh, anything yeah. on the horizon? Yeah. So I've got space? a. I'm actually um, in in recent news. Uh, producing partner uh, Jonathan Brownlee and I, and the lead singer uh, of Brian Kelly of Florida Georgia Line, are going to be doing the Will Rogers Project, and we're going to be like his story, like his story. Yeah, they got the rights. That's to his never life. been done. Really. And we're working hand in hand with the Rogers I just got goosebumps family, <laughs> and I'm very very you heard excited. It here first. <clears throat> Very, very excited about that. They just released the press release. On so it's it. gonna be a feature, like a film. We're so we're in negotiations with writers right now, and there's so many aspects of Will's life that they think what makes the most sense is a miniseries, mm -hmm. um, just because it's so much to tell. It, yeah. It's almost too much in in a film. Yeah. Um, so we're talking with some pretty big networks at the moment cool. to hopefully send this into motion. But we've got funding. We've got you know Brian Kelly, Florida Georgia Line is just. Been so excited about this. And How did he get brought into that? So it actually, grab my water. Yeah, dude. They actually are the ones that brought it to me. Um, so Brian Kelly has a production company with his cousin, Cuz Bros is what they call it. And they had worked with a director out of Dallas whom I've now worked with named Jonathan Brownlee. Mm -hmm. Well, they went to Jonathan saying, look what we have. We think we have this blessing from the Rogers family um, to do his life story. Would you be interested? He's like, yes, and I know just the actor who'd be really interested. So Jonathan calls me, and this is the heart of 1883. He's like, what do you know about Will Rogers? I was like, well, I can't go anywhere in the South without seeing his name, so I know uh -huh. he's pretty famous. Yeah. Um, started doing a deep dive on his life, which I'd never done before. Blew me away. Um, you know, in his day, was the most famous human being on the planet. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, I would do anything to be involved in this story. So came on as a producer, as well as going to be one of the stars in it. And um, here we are. We're, we're fully funded about to, you know, hire one of the biggest writers in Hollywood to pen this thing. No. How, how long is it going to be? I'm assuming this is like a two-year kind of, a year to two-year kind of process. Yeah, totally. So we're about, um, 
we're still in year one, um, but we're kind of coming up to um, a close of year one, now going to go into the writing process. So I would truly think by this time next year, we'll be in full um, filming production. Cool. So you're getting to stay sort of in this Americana cowboy. That And that's kind of a, that's a, a legacy story. Like that's a pretty... Spectacular. Yeah, totally. No. And I think that's why you've wanted to live it too. So much of the sense it's like it's hard to tell somebody's story as well if you don't live and breathe that life yeah, and as in, well. And in Fort Worth, like that's Yes, and have the respect of it. I yeah. mean, it's truly a culture. So what was the Fort Worth move because of 1883 or the Fort Worth move? What did did you move first and then get the show, or did you get the show and then make the the move? That's the the irony of all of this. So COVID hits, we move out of LA to come to Texas to be around family. Okay. And I come kicking and screaming. Okay. I am devastated. You wanted to come to Texas? Yes. Yes. Really? Yes. Not me at all. Like as like I said, like I my parents never thought in a thousand years I would be back. So COVID and I hits. work in LA. He usually worked in New York. So we're and, like And what were you doing at the time? Oh gosh, Gabby's dollhouse, trolls, boss face. So my career had like we moved to New York and my career skyrocketed in voiceover. Mm-hmm. So I was like in LA. LA. So, LA. and Eric's so constantly going back to New York. Well, all of a sudden, I just have a baby and I have Molly Morgan and my career's going great. And so I'm like, I'm being punished. Like, why am I being punished? I'm having to move back home when my oh, career. You saw it as being punished. Whoa. At first, she did. Uh-huh. De- like, I mean, you can ask, I was devastated. Because the Fort Worth she remembered was. Wait, why did you just to be by her, her parents? Yeah, to be by family. Okay. And, and I worship my parents, but I was like, I'm and fine. were you pregnant? Were you had did you have the baby? I just had had Molly. Okay. Morgan. So you had a baby. And so yes. you were like, I want to be by by parents because Yeah, and I'm like, and that's such a shorter flight to get to New York too, because everything I was doing was going to New York. I was like, at least now we're in the In LA to New York is like time traveling. Oh, it's, oh it's my so, god, it's a full yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, at least we'll be in the middle. Mm-hmm. Well, this was actually um February twenty eighth. We make the move. Two weeks later, the entire world shuts down. Oh, you made the move before the world before shut down. Before the world down. shut yeah. down. You were like getting a little okay. glimpse of like what it was, but we had already had a contract. So that's when you know it's like Eric was right. That like was fate. that was that was number one of us being at the right place at the right time. Yeah. yeah. We were able to sell our house at the top of the market in LA. We moved. Two weeks later the world shut down, and now we're just Stop. two blocks away from her entire family. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we have family to spend this entire quarantine with. And then the world reopens. I get an audition for 1883. Oh, so you hadn't gotten that yet? Mm-mm. No. And, and they ca- all still think that he's in L.A. I didn't like, tell anyone I LA. left L.A. because I didn't want so many actors left the industry at that point. Yeah. Um, once COVID hit, they were like, I'm readjusting my life and I'm out. Yeah. So I didn't want we didn't want anyone to think we were done. Yeah, okay. because we still had a place in L.A. because I work in L.A. full time. Yeah. So it's like we just had and, and voiceover. You're still going with you're still going into a studio. You're still going in. Yeah, and I have a studio in my house now. Okay. So a lot of times yeah, because now, of now Eric. It's more remote. Yes, I now have to do more remote because I can't travel as much back and forth or can't be staying there full time. So world shuts Wild. down. It reopens. 1883 casts out of LA. I send in a tape. They out of call, LA. Taylor Thank Sheridan you. calls to tell me I got the job. He's like, um, did I is there a rumor? Are you living in Texas? And I was like, Yeah. He's like, Where in Texas? I said Fort Worth. He's like, where's your house in Fort Worth? And I was like, are you familiar with the town? I knew nothing about uh-huh. it. I didn't know he was from here. Went yeah, to Pasco. Yeah. And uh, he's like, I'm very familiar. Tell me where your house is. So I told him. 
is that you're going to be 15 minutes from where you're going to be filming this thing. No way. I Wild. fell out of my seat. I could not believe So I was like, all right. You, and you sent in a tape. So this wasn't even like an in-person. No. no. Everything oh, was going to be a tape because of COVID. Well, so wild, though, you have to tell them about your tape. So Did you film it or did you hire some, Like, how does that work? I filmed it. <laughs> oh, we- and it was all my idea. <laughs> so as you know, like with our industry, when you put in a self-tape, the big wigs always get it like ahead of you. Okay. So it's like he had A-listers. Taylor got to see first. Yeah. Like, and Eric, I they think he said. They prioritize. They prioritize. Taylor told me ages. I was the 11th tape the network wanted him to watch. Okay. But I'll let you go on. Like, so, well, Rough Creek is so close to my family. I've gone there, like, my whole life. I was like, Eric, get on a horse for your slate. So a slate is where you say your name and agency kind of uh-huh. before the audition. I was like, let's go out to Rough Creek and pretend like it's your actual horse and that's our land. Oh, okay. And so we literally <laughs> again for, the fake it till you make yes, it. Yes, and what you yeah. call it a horse that we've never met this horse before, but we were the like, "This is my horse." <laughs> yeah, dollar or money or yeah, something. Yeah, he said like money. <clears throat> and of so, course, Taylor called him out on. He like knew immediately that like he wasn't actually like a really okay, good. Because so you pretended this is your horse. Yeah, and pretended like he was like, "This is my horse, ride. money." Uh, you know, throw on a little bit of the twang and. Yeah. And was know. it similar to the character you wound up? A thousand percent. It yeah, because I knew that I knew what the character was at that point. Um, and he's like, yeah, had you not rode up on that horse, I wouldn't even watch your tape. And he's like, that got me to watch it. And I was already hooked. And then I watched your scenes and I was like, you were it. You were absolutely it. The network wanted, you know, A-list Yeah, the names. network did not want You know him. who you beat out? Um, I, 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 I know that there were some big names. That's yeah. all I know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, dude. That's so great. And some pretty famous people's sons. I, I know that for sure. Because uh, he told Famous me, people's sons. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, you get like... Just, All the forums are like, <laughs> but anyway, so it, that worked out. Filmed it in Fort Worth. So I'm like, babe, pandemic hits. We happen to be here. 1883 hits. We happen to be here. You're supposed to be here. We're supposed, You're to, be supposed here. to be here. And then the indi- her industry completely goes remote. So everything she does, she can record from home now, which is a blessing. Everything I do, nobody has in-person meetings anymore. Nobody even lives in L.A. anymore, but they were like a year behind us. You don't us. have to deal with the L.A. traffic. No. And, like- and the creative scene here is insane. Oh, it's, it's exploding. On fire. I mean, here in Fort Worth, the music scene is just taken off like crazy in the art scene and Taylor Sheridan's filming three more shows here in town. Bass Reeves is about to start in January in Fort Worth. Mm. We have so much happening. And so it, it's just, it was one of those th- things that happened in life where it's like, for the first time ever, felt like doing what I'm supposed to be doing, when I'm supposed to be doing it with the people I'm supposed to be doing it with. And it was like, God just looked down and was like, I got you. And I had never felt that before. I got goosebumps again. It's, it was it's crazy. Just, and I think it's cool, too, just the all while being married and having a committed relationship and having children and, like, it, which is which are some, be- like, beautiful things. Like, I'm I'm going to go all in on, on this and a family and, and giving to these kids. And, also, and, and still I want to, you can still have this career. You can still do these things. And that, that's, that's neat. It's cool the way that there, you've just have, there's been favor. There's been a lot of like favor and all of that. Um, we haven't talked at all about your transition into voiceover acting. Oh, that's so, cool. So my, my assumption was, my guess was, okay, she has kids and is now here and remote. That's when you started it. But you were doing it before that. Yeah, before that. How did that, how did that, that happen? So when I got Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll, Dennis Leary does a ton of voiceover. And I remember him saying to me, he was like, you sound like a rug rat. <laughs> you like sound. So I went to Eric's uh-huh. voiceover agent and they were like, well, 
like it's if you would have been what was she said like 10 years ago, you would have been like a superstar, like the Nancy Cartwrights of the world. And so our agency at the time, I got into their voiceover department and I booked like trolls, like one of the, so I yeah. was so blessed. But you hadn't done, you hadn't done that Hadn't before. done a single thing. So I really got blessed in the sense I came out swinging and it was because of my slate. I kind of sang it and I did the whole character, which you're not supposed a to do in voiceover. This is, this is a troll. A troll. A troll audition. So usually you're just like, hi, <laughs> Sainty Nelson. And I say my agency's name and I booked it and I just like it was only supposed to be like a one, like a one episode thing. And I was on the entire season. Mm -hmm. And so it was so and was cool. was that fun? Was that? Oh my gosh. It was so cool. And I feel like they kind of started tailoring the part to you. Told, I mean, she was me. Her, Her name was Nova Swift. Yeah, like Taylor Swift, but they made it Nova Swift. Uh -huh. She's like this fashionista It was over so sainty, like yeah. to a T. Uh -huh. And so then it just kind of like spiraled. Everything I started playing, it was like, I always giggled to make it in the voiceover industry. Someone has to die out because really your voice doesn't change a lot. As you yeah. know, Batman like did it on like in the hospital. Like it's so crazy and it's the nicest people because nobody knows your name. Like yeah. nobody knows your that's face. Bugs nobody Bunny, knows. Are what? You, Bugs Bunny was who he was like. Dying oh, Bugs Bunny. Like that. That's Bugs what it was. Bunny, yeah. Are you in the studio with the other people or are you doing no, all No, most of the time you're by yourself. So I'm on Loud House and a lot of the time Loud House, you're in studio with everybody, which mm -hmm. is so cool. Um, which I play the grandmother on Loud House, which uh -huh. is so funny. And all the kids are like adults. You got to do the voice. You got to do it. Oh, Mima? No, yeah, I giggle. My Bradley Jones is my favorite because she's from Brooklyn. And I kind of, I was reading the script and she's an eagle. And I think this is why most of the time I always book like the interesting. I was like, let's make her like from Jersey. Uh -huh. And like, let's have her be this like eccentric personality. And so, and then I come in and I'm like a blonde from the South. Uh -huh. So I think that's the part where I've really been have able. Have you always been able to like switch? Like that's like. It is, I wish to I could say what I'm character. doing right now. And like, cause it's so huge. What the character that I'm playing is, you know what I'm thinking of. Uh, is it a show or a movie? It's a, a TV series. A it's TV the series. one kind of I told y'all about out there. But I think it's just, I, I have, mm -hmm. I know, but my character. Yeah, oh, I, I, character? like the Wait, character. Is, I don't know if I heard, heard you talking about what. Oh, well, Spidey and Friends. So something's coming on the show and I'm playing it. It's very massive, like okay. these things that are coming. Um, oh, we might have to edit. Yeah, we might have to edit that. this art out. Okay, um, we can do that. But it is so, like, I think having kids, especially now, I'm watching it all 24 seven. Uh -huh. And I live and breathe it. So, Molly Morgan, our three year old, her pickup line, we laughed, we were in Seaside, and there was like a six year old. And Molly Morgan goes, my mom's pillow cat. <laughs> and so now it's like her pickup line. Like she thinks it's so cool. Like she didn't even watch and, and my stuff. Their friend is probably like, what? what? Are you no. okay? Oh, now they all love Gabby's dollhouse. Uh -huh. We always laugh because she won't ever be able to watch anything I do until she's like 16. So but she thinks everything like, she I'm does, she can watch. Right now. I was going to ask if she like, if they get it, if they think it's. So we have a funny story about 1883. So I don't know what we were thinking. It was me and Eric's. So stop listening and watching if you haven't watched 1883. Oh, he already said it way earlier on. Oh, yeah, his character dies. Yeah, yeah. And so Molly Morgan is in. We're in the playroom watching it. And Molly Morgan looks up, and he has the blood, and she goes, oh, Dada's making a mess. <laughs> and she I was thought like, had, oh, like, food all over yes, me or something. And then when she didn't Is realize you were dying? No, and no. Isabel and That's Erica kind of kissing. That's a traumatic thing for a kid to see. Oh, I know. I'm like, I what just was made I a thinking? Mess. I just made a bad mess. Dada's making a mess. And then uh -huh. when she, he was kissing Isabel... Because look, mommy's on TV. And I was like, 
Yes. Uh, yes, that is mommy. That gorgeous yeah. blonde up there yeah. is mommy. But now, anytime she watches TV, no matter what the guy looks like, white, black, whatever, if he's a cowboy, it's daddy. It's dad. Oh, right. Daddy's cool. on TV. No matter what, as long as he has a cowboy hat on, it's dad. It's daddy. Wow. <laughs> no, it that, is wild. I, I was, um, the whole thing that was going through my head when you're dying in the blood was like, the jacket. Oh yeah, I love the jacket. I got to keep it. Did you get to keep it? Yep, I have it. Is it covered with blood, or did you like? It's dirty and filthy, and all it? the things. Yeah, it's great. And they, the they clean the blood off for the most part. The jacket was so good. I was like, the blood's going all over the jacket. I love that jacket. They were able to get it out. Did you get to keep the hat? That was the one thing I didn't get to keep that oh, I really wanted. Man. That was a pretty. I think it's in a museum somewhere. I think they did like Yeah, um, I think they did do in 1883. The cool uh, thing is actually because they shot the show out of order. It's and they oh, didn't really? want a lot of people to know about Eric's character. It was um, a closed set, so a smaller set that day. So oh, people they didn't want it to get out. They didn't because Eric was all over the press. Like God forbid they find out that was like the biggest thing to happen on that show to that point. It yeah. kind of changed. Like oh. Eric said in interviews, it changed Elsa's character. That's really why the whole show went the way it did. Mm-hmm. And we knew we were the only. Yeah, we were the only two. We always knew that he was going to die. The moment he got the script, we knew that. So was, it was preparing like, to die hard. Like, is that was that a? I mean, talk about. But you think like maybe you're gonna be a part of like. We didn't know 1883 was a one season thing until filming it. Yeah. It. So we're like, oh my god, he booked a series regular. We're gonna be like set for like the Yellowstone. We're gonna uh-huh. be like five years from yeah. now. So then it's like, bam, we find out he dies. Bam, we find it out. <laughs> it's only one, and it was always that. Uh-huh. So it's not like anything Eric did or the show is always yeah. going to be a one-off. Like he always explained, like the crown, it was going to like age on with time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the dying was actually difficult. People are always like, "Oh, you just get to lay there. That must have been like an easy day." It's like actually, I think that was the hardest thing I filmed because Elsa and everybody else, the emotion was so intense. Like she's screaming, crying, grabbing me, the whole thing. Like it took everything, and I in my power not to be crying just feeling her power and like you know so i'm just like supposed to be playing dead while this person is screaming crying and truly acting as if she lost you know the love of her life and i'm just supposed to be emotionless through all that that was hard was it that i did not expect that i was like oh this is gonna be a depressing day but i really just get to lay there all day long it's you know should be okay no i was so mistaken (laughs) and it was like right a couple days after our son had his surgery so it was like all the filming before then, too, he had been so, you know, intense and all that about our son. Well, finally, he gets to go back to set, and it's like he's had surgery. His life is fine. Like, it's just so interesting. And I have to play the most depressing scene. So, yes, Once I'm finally all. happy yeah, in real you're, life. You're fine. This pressure's <laughs> gone, and now I got to kill myself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What, what do you, what does practice look like? For you, like I, I have no idea because I've never I've never acted. I know like for guitar, I'm sitting in my room practicing guitar. If I'm giving a speech, I'll kind of pace and say like, "What? What do you, is it in your head? Are you like, do you go in a bedroom and like say your lines? Are you like, what? How do you practice and prepare for whether it's a a voice role or a, on Broadway or a shit? Like, talk me through that. Just the art of that. Like, what does it look like? I mean, I I probably just look like a crazy person because I'm up in my office just, like, pacing my room, just, like, looking at my script, saying my lines out loud, talking to Do you to read it a bunch first? Yeah, I read it a bunch first. I'm, I, I'm like, a preparer. I don't yeah. feel confident unless I put in every second of preparation I know that I'm, I can put in. And so I want my, my lines prepared. Emotionally, I'm 
I'm breaking down the beats of where my character is emotionally. And you're saying that out loud? Um, first, I'll write it all down. Okay. And then I'll once I've once I've mapped out, so to speak, where this scene is supposed to be going, how I'm supposed to be feeling. I'll then th I'm doing all the sitting at my desk, and then I'll stand up once I have that mapped. You out, write down the emotions. I write it all down. Like, what? Give me an example. Like, what does that mean? You know, so if you look. I'm at Sad. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, for, for the most part, yeah, you know, okay. just just your your uh, you know beats of emotion throughout. You know, when when does this scene shift? You know, when does it go from uh, you know you're, you're focused on on you know getting this girl to like you? When does it shift from oh she's into me to oh god maybe she's not into me? You know, and and when does that play out in the scene? Just so I'm mentally understanding of everything. You have the lines. Got the now lines. You're writing in next to the lines, everything. wherever. Beats of emotion. Beats of emotion. Okay. Yeah, totally. And this is usually after you've watched like 12 movies that are similar to it. Or I like gotta watch the director's yes. work. Oh my okay. god. I've gotta. Yeah. I've, if it's a certain genre, I'm gonna watch all the westerns. If you ever want to hire Eric? Know he will be prepared. Okay. But like, the best the part is. And are you the same way, or are you more like? On the, on the fly. I'm on the fly. 100%. But the funny part is I do all this work and then I get to set and I throw it all out. I know, yeah. And oh, it's as do? if none of it exists. And it's just, it's all going to live its own life once it's there. But the prep, I have to do that. Gives you your confidence. Yeah. So you write it down and then you stand up. And then I'm up and then I'm and like. And you start. On saying its feet. It? Yeah, saying like it. Like in a loud it. voice or in a quiet voice? Um, Pretty much the voice it's going to be in. You know, so depending on what the scene is. If it's an intimate scene where I'm sitting here talking to you, it's about this volume. But, you know, if it says in the scene that she starts to walk away and I don't want her to, I'm going to raise my voice to get her to stop from walking away. Just so I can start physically and emotionally feeling these things out. And but TV that actors, it makes me giggle that you say, like, talk normal voice. It's so not normal voice. Like, that's because I come from musical theater. Everything's projected. Uh -huh. And I'll be doing a self-tape with him, which is what you do for auditions to give to casting directors. And I'm like, speak up. I can't hear you. <laughs> like, it is so, but everything on TV, it's like, it's like when you see them in real life, they're all yeah. so much smaller than what they look like on TV. Uh -huh. Like, my brothers always made fun of Eric. They called him TV-sized. Uh -huh. Because, like, they don't make him in Texas like this. Uh -huh. But it's huge like time. everything, I giggle that he says, like, I'd be speaking in a normal voice. No, everything is, like, slightly below. Like, even their yelling is, like, not yelling. yelling. Yeah, it's, 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 quiet, it's quieter. And so are you, like, are you, you close it? Are you, you tell the kids, like, you, I know you hear daddy talking. Oh, yeah, he disappears. <laughs> Leave him alone. <laughs> and do you do it at night or during the day or like, is that, does that matter or? Um, I, I. All day, every day. It, yeah, it doesn't matter. But, you know, if it's something I'm preparing for, for like a big audition or something, and I know, you know, kids are going to be going to bed at seven, those nights I'll be up till like 11 or midnight trying to get it in one. There's no distractions. Because mm -hmm. I'm also one like, she can multitask so well. She can do a thousand things at one time. And, and understand them all and remember them all, I can't do two things at once. Okay. I have to focus on my task yeah. or else it just, it's not going to work. Yeah. So whenever I can find that time is is important. And then do you do it and do, then do you show it to her? Like, do you like... Oh, I am the... Do you do, you do that or do I you... I am so hardcore. God she loves gives, him. She tells me like it's... it's she gives it to me real. Uh, like, so real. Which because I need. Because I want it for him. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to be the only person that's so blunt to you. Mm -hmm. Like, you should see, oh, gosh. I mean, the 1883 slate. I probably did one and showed it to her. She's like, everyone's going to do that. What? Yeah. How is that going to set you apart in any way? And then I go back to my drawing room. Poor thing I've said to him before. I'm like, do you even know how to act? 
What is, what is, <laughs> no, oh, we are so, because I want it for him. And I'm like, yeah. I see his potential. Uh, like, it's not, you, <laughs> no, I mean, we are brutal with each other. Cause he always says I'm his biggest director. Uh, and I am because he is. She's always right though. I, yeah. I mean, most, most of the time, the time she's, yeah. she's spot Because on. he's the kindest. He really is the kindest, hardest worker you'll ever, like I am, I don't deserve someone like him. He really is. His heart and soul is the most pure and kind and I'm more the one that's intense and so it's for me it's like I want it for him so bad mm -hmm. like even with the ICU thing it was like he deserves it mm -hmm. and his heart is like he never talks bad about a person and he only wants like if he gets an audition he doesn't think it's right for him he gives it to somebody else like mm -hmm. that's nobody's like that mm -hmm. and so for me I always feel like it's my job you got to a like tissue around here no uh... to like protect him and I think that's the hardest part for me is like, I just want it so bad for him. And then that's the hardest part. I think that because he does work so hard mm -hmm. for it. I and like you have to, because at least in my head, because I'm like, oh, there's somebody out there. There's somebody else out there putting in a couple more hours. I can't stop, you know? And it's like, he has to share his hours with a wife and kids. And like, he doesn't have it by himself. Yeah. And he has the pressure of like, you know, keeping us healthy and happy. And we've had a difficult time with our son being mm -hmm. sick. Um, so I think that's the hard part too, is balancing. And we all have it easy. Like, I can't say we don't have it hard. Like it is our hard and yeah. our normal, yeah. but that doesn't come near what some people have to go through. Yeah, sure. So I'm like, it, it's such, it's the balance of all of that. I think that, but I just want it for him so bad. Um, Yes, it would be easy to have a man that just goes and to work every day, you know, at easy yeah. office and gets to come home. But that's so not our our story. And, and it's our... cool too, because you know, like you go, you travel, you do your work. But when I'm here, and oh, he's on. It's a hundred percent home. Yeah. So it's right. either all filming or all home, which yeah. is great. You have to tell the story about preschool. What? Oh, one of the dads. So, so this is when he goes. Eric drops Molly Morgan off at our preschool. Most of the time, every day. Yeah. I, I take my kids to school every morning. Yeah. I so love that. That's it's like my favorite part of the day. I you know? love it. And uh, one of the dads, one time, I, I come to pick her up at 2 o'clock or whatever, and one of the dads looks at me. He's like, dude, you look so much like that guy from 1883. He said that? Do people tell you that? I was like, they do. They tell me all the time, actually. And <laughs> he's like, man, I can't get over it. That's such a good show. It's, he's like, it's a compliment. I was like, no, no, I'm taking it like one. Thank uh, you. And the teachers are all kind of out front, and they're all giggling. And he looks at him. He's like, what? why are y'all giggling at me? And they're like, that is the dude from 1883. Uh, he's like, no way. He's like, what? He, he was like, off. I just thought you were like the dad. <laughs> like, it's like, you never think that's like at home. Yeah, yeah. But I'll give that to Eric. Like, he never, I'm always, I always say I'm, I'm his publicist. Like, he never talks about himself. I'm always the one that's like, he's doing this right now. And he's doing this. Uh -huh. Just because I'm so proud yeah, of him. Yeah, you're proud and you're bragging, bragging oh on him. Oh, my gosh. And just, he's he is a man. Like, if you should see him with our kids, I'm like, the fact that he does what he does with our kids and does what he does for me. Like, obviously, I give him a hard time because I'm the wife and that's my job. But it's, it's a, I never thought I'd find a man, why I said I never wanted to be married, find a man as amazing as my dad. I mm -hmm. didn't think they existed. Mm -hmm. I just was like, they're one of a kinds. And then I found another one of a kind. So it's like, I. How wild is it that you knew that that first day? I don't. It's, it's, it's psycho. Do like you have, like, intuition on other things? Like, do you, do you have, like... 
Do you feel things? Like I sometimes like I either like a guardian angel, even like with our son Mick, I always mm -hmm. feel like I'm placed when he was in the ICU. It's like usually one of us would be gone. And I would like I really feel like I have like this guardian angel or something that's or a great intuition. Great intuition. That's always Even there when I need people. it to be. And she's like, Eric, I'm, I just don't. I'm like, no, he's awesome. Trust me. He's got my best interest at heart. And then two weeks later, I like, got burned the worst of burns. You mm. know, like she gets it right so, away. Some people have that where they can just, they can see through it and sense it and feel it. Yeah. And I'm always trying to give someone like the man of the doubt. I'm like, yeah. no, he is a great guy. I, I've <laughs> seen great things that he's done. And she's totally. like, yeah, but you've clearly haven't seen what I've seen. And I'm like. Okay, I don't know how you do it, but she's always been that way. It's and so you read, you can read the room when you walk into it. Yeah, so I did like interpersonal, and I did com communications, but I did interpersonal business communications, and it's really like the psychological reading people, the communication and what is real, and which is so funny because I come off so not real. So, but it's like if you actually know me, I'm you like, think, you think you come across not real? I think depending, I think because a lot of people don't see, it's like such a big personality. It's just big. And I think because of outside of Texas, that's yeah. not a lot of the norm. Yeah. Um, but I also contribute it to being Texan and being musical theater. Yeah. It's like double whammy. I'm a personality. Mm -hmm. um, and when you meet her mom, it's like, It's like oh, you get it. In my, you're twins. Yeah. Okay. Her mom's the exact same way. And so is my dad. My whole family. We're just big personalities. So but you, you have the, the awareness to think people are going to think. 100%, but it kills me too, because it it's like, I, that's, takes a lot. Like if somebody doesn't like me, it kills. You, you like people to like you. Yeah. And you probably don't care quite you as don't much. Care. Yeah. Like it truly destroys me. Like uh -huh. I, it, it takes a lot. Or the hardest part for me is because of the industries we're in, people say negative things when they don't know you. Mm -hmm. And it's like, boohoo. It's so true. It's like, well, you, y'all are putting yourselves out that, but it's, like, I wish like, you could you get see. haters? On, oh, it's and, unbelievable. And do haters crush you? Like yes, it? and a lot of the time, like, when it first happened, it's like they went after me. And that was hard because I wasn't in the industry and I wasn't having getting myself out there. So that was an interesting, but that was just, Eric, Eric doesn't take it personal. A lot of time I take it so personal. Mm -hmm. And I really take it hard. Mm -hmm. And it hurt, and especially when they come after Eric too, then it's like the mama bear and makes him like, you don't know him. Yeah. Like if you knew him, I she'll be mad that I'm not mad. Yeah, you know? that's like, part, but that's I don't I'm care, like, babe. I don't know. know this this journalist from Timbuktu. Who cares? She's yeah. like, Eric, but you you should care. You should oh. care. See, and that's the part I'm I'm still learning daily. That that's the thing that I have to work on. And I'm I, I always say this over and over. I'm I'm learning how to grow up too because I lived in Texas and I feel like I lived it pretty sheltered with an amazing family. And boo-hoo-hoo, -hoo, like, of course I need to grow up. And I get the, get that, that I am, I, I'm just growing up and I'm learning this world and learning being a wife of somebody in the public eye and trying to be a mom and trying to keep normality. That That's, I think, the thing that we're learning. And I, I think for once we've kind of got a Normality is a, is a, is a, is a tricky what, I, what, what, what is, is normal? Yeah. And what is normal with your... Especially in y'all's world. It's, it's so, totally. Yeah. Yeah. But we feel like we live such a normal life and then it's like, oh my gosh, it's not normal. Uh -huh. Like I always think it because we've lived it for so long and I have wanted that for so long that it's like, I just think it's normal. And then it's like our sweet babysitter that started. I'm like, oh, this week is crazy. Don't judge us on this week because she just started. And then I'm like, 
this week is crazy, don't you? Like, like, <laughs> it's been every no, week y'all, since it's every week since she yeah. started. And I'm like, oh my God, this is just our life. It's just your life, yeah. And I, it's can, so, I can relate to that a little yes, bit. Yes, yeah. and it's fortunate. Like, don't get me, I am so blessed. And like, I thank the, our lucky stars. But it's like, that's so much of a going back to giving back. And like, because we could call Cook and because like, we are and try to do things to give back because we do know that we are in a great place that we have, though my son was sick, we were able to call people mm. and get him in. And, and that's the, that's another thing about Fort Worth that is to me so unique and so incredible is the support oh. here. And, you know, coming from a family who's her family's been here, you know, for your whole life and yes. for a long time. They have so much support and there's yeah. so many people around oh that gosh. they know who you are. So they take care of you because you've taken care of them. And yeah. it's like such a. There, there is a camaraderie. We want you to succeed. Yes. That's, Everybody that's really forward. unique. Even from like Dallas. and yes. other, like It's 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 very unique. Like people want you to have a seat at the table. They want like. And I've never felt that. Didn't yeah. feel in L.A. Didn't feel in New York. And too young to feel it in Florida when mm -hmm. I lived there. So I was like, I have to live here. <laughs> and now the industry's booming here. It's just, you know, if I could work and stay in Fort Worth or Texas yeah. the rest of my career, I'd be happy to. Yeah. Really I'm excited. Work. I feel like y'all are going to be a part of shaping the that industry and the culture of Fort That's Worth. That's our goal. I, I feel like you're going to be a part of, of bringing, bringing that here. I think you already Thank have. Thank you for I, saying I, that. I, I, uh, and, I, and I've seen y'all, like, put in the work to, to with Visit Fort Worth. They're one of the sponsors of, the, of this podcast. But but put in the work of, like, of being an ambassador I think it's neat. I, I think you're you're helping to shape that, and I'm I'm excited for like ten years from now. What does it What does it look like? I remember my my, my wife is from Dallas, and um, when we first got married, she was like, "I'm never gonna live in Fort Worth. It's too small, it's too totally. small a town." And she anyway, she got offered a job here, so we did we did move move here, and and it, there was nothing there was nothing here, and so she was really restless. She was like, "Should we live in L.A.? Should we live in Nashville?" Um, and we were looking at Austin, and we had this this moment. She, we were looking at houses in Austin, and we were lo looking at, 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 at moving, and we just had this moment as a couple where we're like, "Man, I, I, it feels so consumeristic that we want to go to these other cities because they have more exciting things." Like, what what if what if we could bring the things that we want to Fort Worth? What if we could totally play a role in shaping that versus just reaching for something else? And so we kind of had this epiphany as a couple, like, "Man, we want to be here, and we want to." We want to make this the city that we want. Totally. Know, we played a, and anyways, I feel like you guys are doing that and have, have done, even in the short period of time you've been here, it's been Thank you. inspiring and exciting to well, see. And I think it's, what is it, Cheers, where you want to go where everybody knows your name? Yeah. And it's, but that's everybody yeah. here. It's not just because of the industry. It is everybody knows somebody that's knows somebody that's mm -hmm. just like, it's such a special place, and I really couldn't be more thankful, especially for our children. Mm -hmm. I really don't know what I would have done. Like, to have nurse, all of that. Yes, yeah. and yeah. calling Eric and just taking in the time. I had, I met a girl. She lives down the street from us during COVID. Her name's Catherine, and now she's a dear, dear friend, but she was a nurse in the ICU. And a year and a half later, for some reason, she was the first person I called mm. when I was driving to the emergency room by myself. I was like, and she was the first to bring me clothes. I mean, brought me everything. And I'm like, she didn't have to do that. That's yeah. just like her heart that does that. And that's what every single person has here is like yeah. the heart is I've never seen anything or experienced 
anything like that. So to be on the receiving end, I pray one day that we can just constantly give that to people because that's what we've been given. Yeah, you can do that. But it also takes going away to... To realize, realize yeah, you only know what you have until you left it and then you you come back. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take us in a little different, different direction. What, what does, what does success mean? Like, do you, do you feel successful? Like, do you have a moment where you're like, I made it, like I've, I've, I've done it. Or do you feel like you're still scratching at that door? Like, what does. I feel like that's changed so much for me throughout Mm -hmm. my life and career. And now truly. When my daughter looks at me and says, I love you, you're the best daddy, that I've, I've hit success. Mm-hmm. Like, I never expected that um, and, and to have that sort of love and to have somebody in the, in the world that, you know, you've brought life to and, you know, they are reciprocating that to you. Mm-hmm. I, I tell Sandy all the time, I was like, I could retire. I've checked every box I wanted to check as an yeah. actor. Obviously, I want to keep growing and this is my yeah. career and... But I could truly retire knowing what I've done and be okay with it, knowing that I've got you and I've got our two children. I feel like that is the success. Was there a particular moment in 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 re- like where you felt that like either you're watching the show or you you know or, or something happened? Like was there a moment where you're like, "This is it. This is this is everything I've been chasing." Like was there a particular moment, or was it just a, f- a feeling? Um, I think it was just a feeling and mm-hmm. I think it's come and gone over the years. Um, you know, there'll be that next thing that I've been fighting so hard, you know, to, to get that, that series and then it comes or, you know, um, equally for you, I feel like on the voiceover front. Um, and it, it, yeah, it's just been this feeling. And now mm-hmm. with the kids and stuff, it's like nothing else really matters. Mm-hmm. And it's like everything kind of changes when you yeah. have kids. Yeah, I'm putting all this hours of you know work into my career, and it's so rewarding. But that reward will never even hold a candle to mm-hmm. the feeling you get as a parent. We went to our daughter had a little dance recital last night. You know, she had a two minute dance in this thing with a bunch of other three year olds, and yeah. I was like just sitting there watching her, and I was like. This is the greatest feeling. I mean, nothing on set compares to it. Yeah. So it's it's cool to tap into that. Yeah. I think the success too, and ours is just where we are happiness wise. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like when Eric is happy, that's success to me. When my kids mm-hmm. are happy, like my mom used to tell me, you're only as happy as your saddest child. Yeah. And it's so true. Kind of depending. Like right now, I feel like. I'm mentally the happiest I've ever been. Really? I've like gotten myself in check. Um, Eric is so like I our kids are healthy right now. Like three weeks ago it was a very different. So I think it changes daily. Yeah. What success is, I giggle as parent being a parent is like the most up and down thing. Like some days I'm like, I am crushing this. I have got this. <laughs> and then some days I'm like, I can't function. Yeah. So it's like that's and I feel like our careers are like that, where you're just like, oh my gosh, I am such a good voiceover star. Like they loved me. And then the next day I'm like, it was horrible. It was horrible. (laughs) It's like such a bipolar. Do you even want to be an actor? Yes. (laughs) It's like, it's truly an up and down daily thing. And I think there's obviously something that each actor wants. It's a drive. I don't think any actor ever feels successful with their career, Mm -hmm. no matter what. I think you're always wanting that next thing so it's like we've got lucky to find success in our personal lives, which yeah. I think makes success 
Because if we were talking just success when it comes to careers, neither of us, I know both of us, yeah. we're always like, we want this, we want to, we want to go yeah. here and go. And it's not awards, but it's like, we just want to expand this and tell the story yeah. of this. And and I think every actor and, and anyone in the entertainment and an artist, anybody that's an artist, you're, we all have something that we're like needing and craving to give to the world mm -hmm. that I think that's the thing that nobody as an artist feels successful. Yeah. yeah. I think cause we're always depending where the world is, we're always wanting to give something to the world. We are thinking the world needs this right now. Mm -hmm. And so when the world is constantly changing. Yeah. So I think that's, and I think as right now in our lives, we want to, we understand parents and young parents and giving that's where I feel like we're relating to most in life. And that's what we want to give in our career wise to help. But mm -hmm. it changes it's a couple of years ago. I mean, we didn't think about, you know, parents yeah. of, or like, I wonder if that actor is going through this or I wonder if their child's like, you just don't get it until you're there. Mm -hmm. And I think we're in the, the good thick of it right now. Yeah. I love it. I love the, the gratitude with all that. Oh, if it all ended tomorrow, the gratefulness that we have. And I think that's the part that I hope really shows with both of us is yes, we are so grateful. We don't mm -hmm. take it for granted at all. Oh, there's been so, like so much gratitude. I just oozing from both, from both of you guys, which is, which is cool. And I feel like just the, I don't know, the, the, the word I'm feeling, just a steadiness. I feel like, I don't know if it's, it's you've gotten the steadiness from each other or like, it, just, it seems like y'all have been hit with a lot and have worked really hard and just to have this sort of steadiness you've found together that's, that's really cool. And it's I, really inspiring. I was going to say this earlier and it's, saying that. Um, yeah, that's so kind. And because Eric and I were best friends first, mm -hmm. he lost me for about a year. Mm. I say that, um, I think it was Goldie Hawn or when somebody said they lost their smile. I lost my smile. I was gone. When, it's when, like, when was that? When I was pregnant with our son, Mick, and then him being yeah. sick. Okay. And I think Eric always knew I was in there. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I could not focus as a wife. I had to be a mom and had to. And I think that's what we've learned, especially is... He always knew who I was. And that thing, at, like I said, giving grace. The benefit of the doubt. Yes. That yeah. Just maybe somebody's going through it and give mm -hmm. them a little grace. Because I truly believe, yes, there are some people that are innately evil. I hope most of us aren't innately evil. Mm -hmm. And then I'm in there. And I think that's what Eric gave me was grace and time. And then he knew Sainty was, I'll come back to Sainty. Like she'll come back at some point. And he never believed that I was gone. And he didn't give up on me. Yeah. And that takes a lot. And especially being young and it, poor thing, the biggest thing to ever happen in his career and then his whole personal life is falling apart. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't know that. Like Taylor didn't know that. And none of his cast members know that like his life was falling apart around mm -hmm. him. And it's like, that's cool to know that like he knew I was in there and he still loved me and believed in me to give me that time mm -hmm. to like focus on the craziness that, that was going on in my life that I came back. And that that's why I feel like we truly are. You're seeing the side of us. Like if you would have interviewed us a year ago, I think it would have been a completely different interview. Well, that's, that's, you know, part of the, the coolest thing about us having gotten together so young. I mean, we've grown up together, you know, that was only a year ago where you said you were in that hardest time of your life. And I knew you for the eight years leading up to that. So totally. like, obviously, you know, we got blessed in the sense of, 
having had that time together, we had so many years without kids too. Mm -hmm. So, but a lot of people run away from that. It's scary. Yeah. And especially the world that we live in. It's just scary on top of scary. You know, it's like a lot. And it's during COVID times. It's like, you're now stuck with your partner. 24 you 7. You better like them. Yeah, yes. for real. That <laughs> does like make or break for a lot of people. <laughs> so I think that's the biggest thing, too. So but I'm man, very. And it makes you stronger. Oh. Like, my. That's one thing I t- tell my kids all the time is like, hard things make you stronger. Hard, like, the worst things that ever happened in my life, like, made me who I like. Totally. It, it shapes you in a big way. I mean, going from the pyloric thing to who then I was as a mom during the ICU thing was like night and day. Like I remember my dad saying right after being like, I've never been so proud of you. And like, oh my God, like I didn't even realize, but like I'd grown up from, what was that? Eight months apart, how much I had grown up and learned mm-hmm. and that I was able, like, I'm okay. I've got this. I, I, I'm going to be okay. Um, and to I contribute that to all the people around me. It's yeah. I got to be okay because of them. They yeah. they picked me up when I did fall. Yeah. Thanks for the vulnerability sharing all that. Oh, I, I hope to as a mom too, because I think we all behind behind our kids' perfect pictures mm-hmm. and our Instagrams, especially mine. Go, I mean mine's covered with kids and happy and what event we're doing that day, yeah. like Eric's post of being at the Yellowstone interview. Yeah. That there's a lot more behind yeah. people yeah. and that we all go. I mean the biggest thing is the grace thing. Yeah. You got to give people the benefit of the doubt. And when we're hiding behind the computer screens that maybe they're going through a hard time and that I even said that to my sister-in-laws too, is like, thank you that I'm so glad they're seeing the sainty now mm-hmm. and that they, that they didn't, or, you know, it's, it's just different. It's like, you really do have to give people time and yeah. energy. And I, I went, I went through it and Right now I'm out of it, but who knows if Eric will be in it next or, you know, or if our child will be in it next. And you just got to know the heart of people. Yeah, And give them time, especially I think it's harder with not, I hate that word celebrities, but people in the public eyes, you don't get to see that in them. So you judge immediately of where, what you're seeing on screen or what that interview said. So I think what we're learning is more to be vulnerable in that we've have gone through tough times yeah. and, and, it, and it enables other people to be vulnerable. Like when they hear that, they're like, I'm, I'm free. It's okay. Yeah. Oh my God. And I had every card given to me under the sun and I couldn't like to help me mm-hmm. and I couldn't get out of it. So that goes to show, I can't imagine even the position I would have been in if I had no help Yeah. or not had parents around or not have a husband that's doing a great work. So it's like, even more so, that's, I even know how privileged I was with and being in the hardest time and I still couldn't get out of it. Yeah. So it's like, that's when you know too. Yeah. That it's like, it's just a feeling. What, um, kind of on, on, on that note, were there any things that you did or do now, like particularly like routines that help you stay grounded, that help, help you know, you show up the best you can, that help, like, is there anything like, in, whether it's exercise or re, like, are there any, any routines or, or, or things that you do that help with, with that? You want to go first? I feel like I'm, I'm chatty Kathy. It no, stirs I mean, soul you, with sainty. Yeah, I mean, it's just spitting great stuff. Um, yeah. Things that help with stress. I mean. Stress or just like, do you like even personal, like just showing it, like what, what is your. Because to to have the success that you guys have had and to do what you do like doesn't happen on accident. You can't just 
stay up till five in the morning and you know, you, 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 there, there has to be some discipline. Totally. So I'm, I'm curious, just some, some of the disciplines and, and routines, if there are any that, yeah. that, that you've cultivated that help you, you know, when things are stressful and just to show up the best you can possibly show up. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think there's always a point where we look at each other in a week or in a month and we're like, it's time for us. It's time mm-hmm. we go have that dinner. It's time we go see a movie. It's time we, we go do something. Kids, babysitter, life. Date nights. Yeah, date time, yeah. nights. Everything goes on the shelf. We need to have, we haven't had a night. For us, that's key. It like, you know, it's like a breath of fresh air every time we get to have those nights. And mm-hmm. as I said, we'll, we'll just, we feel it. And mm-hmm. it's just like, all right, time to do that. That's a big one. Making sure we make time for just us. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think personally. I mean, for me, the gym is huge. Yeah. I love working mm-hmm. out. I get my stresses out. You know, in the morning, at night, uh, morning, morning. Yep. If I could, if I could get up, and that'd be the first thing I do before I have breakfast. That's like my dream. Um, How many times a week are you working out? Uh, when I'm when I'm away filming, almost every every single day. day. Yeah, every day. <laughs> yeah, but at home, you know, so much is so many only only so many hours of the day, yeah. right? He and, deadlifts like Molly Morgan. Like oh, do, our favorite thing to do. Molly Morgan Dude, always says, else? Daddy, let's exercise. And they'll get down and like, because yeah. she loves, I and mean, she's not seeing me do it. So. That's why when I was um, talking to, um, I forget his Paul. name. Yeah, Paul. Yeah. And he was talking about this new home workout equipment yeah. that he's got that's like making him feel like he's like working out even more than he does at the gym. I'm like, that's something I think I need. Mm-hmm. It's hard to break away from the house sometimes. Yeah. Um, but when I do, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll try to get in at least a run, you know a couple times a week and then the gym maybe a couple times a week while mm-hmm. I'm home if I can. Um, but it's, it's important mentally and physically for me. Totally. I'm going to be like uber vulnerable for you. I mean, so I think on July 12th, well, July 11th was my dad's 60th birthday and I boohoo to my brother about Mick. I'd had too many cocktails and I was just sobbing and I'm not a big drinker at all, a social drinker. And I just was always worried about Mick. Like since Mick has been born, there's kind of been something every two to three months. And I woke up that next day and Mick was 11 months old. I was like, this is it. I've got to grow up. Like I keep saying that, but that was my breaking point Mm -hmm. is I stopped drinking completely. And I started a small dose of anxiety medicine, which is Mm -hmm. like so like for me, that was like a fail growing up in Texas. Mm. A stigma. Such a stigma. But I was like, I... I have got to get a grip. Is it, it truly? I woke up the next day and changed my entire life. I've lost fifty pounds since then. Fifty? Yeah. Is it's my whole life what? has changed. That's crazy. I know. So I, it really July twelfth. I tell people it's like I and I wasn't a drinker, but I think yeah. it's because I would spiral. I'd have a fun night. Well, I'd be up with Mick all night, and then that would set my whole day wrong. And then I know I couldn't get sleep the next. I was like I would. I was barely keeping. You know, I was underwater. I mm-hmm. couldn't keep. So I was like, I've got to change this because like, I'm going to be the only person that can change this for mm-hmm. me. And I, July 12th, it's my whole life a change. But doesn't mean I'm not going to drink. It's not like I yeah. had it. Thankfully, I um, don't have an issue with drinking. It was just like, I need to be the most clear. Yeah. Which is so funny because it's like, like I said, the smile, I got Sandy's smile back. It's like I needed people to say if you're on like a small dose or big dose, whatever you're on, on a medication, it's like you're not clear. Well, that's the most clear I've, I have been. It's like I got who I am back. And mm-hmm. like my, where it's like I'd wake up every day with my heart like, I mean, Eric knows, like my heart racing. Yeah. 
And it's like, I, if you look at my life, it's like, you didn't need to, why is your heart racing? But it's just something well, that you had, there was a lot. Totally. But you know, comparatively, yeah. um, so I really did. It's like July 11th or July 12th. I'll always remember because the day after my dad's birthday is like, I knew things have got to change. And, and so I, diet changed. Diet, and, a whole, yeah. everything had changed. I was like, I just woke up. You still, I mean, it's been since July since you drank, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's great. Yeah. She's been. And it's, and I'm not a drinker, which is so funny, yeah. but I think it was just one but of those the, things that would. The discipline of it. The discipline. And, and, and choosing, choosing clarity. Yeah. And, and I was yeah. telling the doctor, I was like, I, cause I called him that next day and I was like, I'm walking two hours a day and zero weight is coming off. Because I couldn't, I was so stressed. I think my body was like holding on yeah. to everything that it was like, oh, I can breathe. Like, it's okay to breathe. Like, I remember a couple months ago, I was like, Eric, I have such anxiety. And he was like, welcome to feeling like how I, like, it's okay to every now and then have anxiety. You don't have to wake up with anxiety every day. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> I, and I, I, who knows, I'll, I'll have to be on it a year from now. But it's right now, I was like, I feel like I can handle things as a mom and as a wife and as me, like I got Sainty back. I'm not just like Eric's wife or Molly Morgan and Mick's mom. I'm like, yeah. I can contribute to this world just as Sainty and just as normal Sainty and that's okay. Mm -hmm. So I think that's helped me a lot. And I hate the stigma of it because it's like, who cares? Like who Why, gives? Yeah. What would yeah. If it, it uh, something that helps you and gives totally. you back, like that's huge. We should celebrate that. And give like, it to like, anybody. What, who cares? Like what anybody does, as long as it helps them, mm -hmm. they want to be a vegan. If they want to be on all different kinds of medications, if they yeah. need to go to the gym, like yeah. let each person live their life. That can help them make them a better person. Or yeah. if they think that's helping them right then, just let it be. Yeah. Let it, you know, if this is helping me, who knows if I'll drink tomorrow. Yeah. But it's helping me right now. And I think Eric's gotten me back. I think, which is nice. Thanks for thanks for sharing all that. You have been crazy vulnerable, which is which is which is really neat. That takes it takes a lot Thank to you. go into that and and uh, it's hard to be vulnerable as a mom because I, I think like that's really feeding into how confident and good you do feel about yourself right now, mm -hmm. you know, because you, I don't think you would necessarily would be able to talk about all these things if you weren't completely past them and feeling totally. strong mm -hmm. and, you know, so that just kind of is the exclamation point to everything you're saying. And it's as hard as moms to like, especially and females to show vulnerability and that as moms, I think sometimes we're all hiding behind these things that it's like, it's okay to not be okay sometimes too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, in in this vein, is there if you could go back to your younger self, whether college or high school, you like, what advice would you give your younger self? Is there anything that if you could go back ten years ago, fifteen years ago? Man, that's a great question. Oh, I know that's such a great question because you could say like that you've learned now in your career or in <laughs> like just either one of those. I mean, I oh, that's such a great question. Um, <laughs> I know. I guess I would just say, you know, stick with it, you know, keep, keep fighting. It, it is all going to pay off. Uh, cause I can't tell you, you know, as an actor, our career is based off of like 99% rejection. Hmm. Truly. I mean, the amount of jobs we're up for versus the amount that we actually get to work on are like a million to none. And there were so many times where I was like, felt very lost and, and, you know, was was getting into this or getting into that to try to distract myself from what my real goals were. 
and just thinking it wasn't going to happen. It's like it was, I felt bipolar at times, which, um, you know, it's just I, I couldn't help it because it was just like everything is great or nothing's happening yeah. at all. Mm -hmm. And until I found sainty, that's just always how I felt because there wasn't anything consistent. Mm -hmm. And so I would say, you know, um, you know, the, the struggle is going to be a part of, you know, the success mm -hmm. and it's going to it's you're going to be rewarded. It's going to be worth it. Don't give up on who you are and what you want. And, um, you know, it will have a bumpy ride, but it's all going to work. So just keep fighting. Yeah. Keep being you. Yeah. And if I heard that and knew that it was true, it would have changed everything. You think so? I think so. I just, I would have had, I don't necessarily think it would have changed everything because my drive was the same, but I think I would have had the surety of knowing that Could I am. breathe. Yeah. The and confidence. doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um, did you have some self-doubting along the way? In yeah, absolutely. And any actor that I've ever talked to has felt the same way at some point. Um, I watched an interview with Christian Bale not long ago. Top three favorite actor in the world. Oh, he's so phenomenal. And he said, had Leonardo DiCaprio not turned down every movie that made me famous, I never would have been famous. He's like, the only reason I worked mm. is because Leo didn't want that movie. Uh -huh. He's like, everything I've gotten was something that he turned down. Wow. He's like, so I constantly struggled with, am I enough? You know, is, mm -hmm. is, is this where I'm supposed to be? And when you hear that from the guy who's on top of the top, so yeah. to speak, you know, you realize that, okay, I'm not alone. And uh, it's something we all struggle with as actors, um, undoubtedly, because our career is in somebody else's hands. Yeah. You know? So I'm always at the mercy of the network or the producer or yeah. Taylor Sheridan calling me again. Yeah. You know, I'm like, that's all I want. Mm -hmm. Dude, I love you. You've changed my life. If I could work with you the rest of my career, I'd be so happy. Yeah. Please just call me, you know. <laughs> but even now, like being on one of, you know, his top rate, most top rated shows, I still don't know what's coming tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so the fight continues. Um, but had I known that when I was uh, a younger actor, um, it would have it would have caused me a lot less anxiety and yeah. stress. So that would have been Love for that. sure something. Yeah. I would say probably the biggest thing is don't take for granted the people around you. For me, it's like I've always had incredible supportive parents and I just thought that was like the norm. I just didn't the mom flying up to yeah, warn you about like the I, bad boy. <laughs> I think I never appreciated it until like now I don't like even Eric. Like I think I took for granted how good I I, I have it all. And it's like, I think now I just, I'm so thankful. Like, I truly don't know what I would have the friends that are family that are like my family around and the people, like I keep saying the Fort Worth, but it's so true. Mm -hmm. I mean, you should have seen the people in the hospital room, like every Dr. Easterling, everybody I had was on the all on call. And I think I wish I would have when I lived here, knew how wonderful I had it. I was mm -hmm. so looking ahead, like I said before, of what I wanted and to get to New York and to get to a place that I didn't realize I had it all here. Mm -hmm. And I think Eric always knew I had it here. And that's why he got it us back <laughs> that's here. Why he drug you here. No, it's so true. <laughs> but I never really, I mean, really, I didn't even know it when we moved here. I was like, I want to, why are we here? I got to go. Uh -huh. So I think I wish I would have told myself like, Enjoy this. Take it all in. Take this love in because this is so freaking rare. And a lot of other places don't have this. What we have in, it sounds so silly, but it's so true in this Fort Worth bubble, in this Texas bubble of love, 
It's Texas so, it, but it's love. so true. It's so <laughs> wild. It's like very rare. Do you get to go even no matter what? It's like you go to dinner and it's people don't talk about politics or they don't talk about, you know, what they think their religion. They you're just talking about your day and mm-hmm. just like you're really getting to know the heart and soul of people without all this extra stuff around it. Yeah. And that's really cool. Yeah. Um, so I think it's taking for granted what I was given living in a place like this and growing up in a place like this. Yeah. Cool. Both great pieces of advice. Thank y'all. Thank y'all for sharing those. Okay. We're going to, we're going to wrap it up. I'm going to hit you with a couple like rapid questions and then we'll put the bow on the episode. Um, favorite movie. Fight Club. Tommy Boy. Oh, totally opposite. Totally. We are yin and yang, Wait, man. can I yeah. tell you really funny? So, I kind of have a fat fetish. And if Chris Farley, I say this. I, on Chris Farley on specifically. Chris Farley, because if he would have met me before you he You would have passed, gone out with Chris Farley? 1,000. That he uh, would be yes. alive if he would have met me. That's I truly she, believe she in my mind if he would have met me, he'd still be alive. And I would be a depressed actor in New York yes, by myself. Yes, I would marry Chris Farley. <laughs> I would be Chris Farley. Uh, I, would, I would probably not Y'all, yeah. that may be my favorite moment of this conversation. <laughs> Uh, favorite TV show? Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad? Oh, any of the Real Housewives. Oh, which one's your favorite? Oh, Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills. Of course. Uh-huh. I like so true, though. Yeah. My <laughs> wife watches them all, and I'm, I'm like, obsessed. I poke in every once in a while. Oh, and, my God. And, once and, they all start screaming, I'm out. Yeah. Oh, I love I, it. I like the drama. I'm oh, like, give man. me a good... Give me all day. <laughs> give me a good dinner party. <laughs> oh, and like Kyle Richards, um, I've met a few times, and she is the nicest human alive. And then Cameron uh-huh. Westcott of Real Housewives of Dallas. The kindest woman alive. Uh, so I was like, when I meet them, I'm like, oh my God, I'm even more obsessed. Yeah. Like I'm meant to be a Real Housewives. You are. We drama. need a Fort Worth one. I know. Oh Come on. God. I Sandy, don't. make it happen. Okay, favorite show as a couple to watch together. Oh, we go through different Probably Yellowstone. Things. Yeah. I feel like that was the first one. When yeah. Eric got the audition, I was like, if you don't book this. My whole family's gonna be pissed. Don't blow it. I was like, no, literally. Everyone in our family was a fan. I think it's the first and only show to this day that I've worked on, 1883, where all ages and all family members loved it. Loved yeah. it. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't just like my cool younger cousins or not yeah. just like the housewives in the Midwest. Like everyone in my family is the yeah. first show that they've all watched and loved. That's awesome. Yeah. It took 17 years, but finally got on one that everyone liked. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, Sandy, this is for you. Favorite kids show. And you can't say one of your own. Like, as as a vo- as a voice actor, do you have a show like that you love? Oh, yeah. Like well, a- my goal one, and I don't think it's still, Bucket was Vampirina. Oh, I yeah, wanted to be on Vampirina. Vampirina. So bad. Or Rugrats. Rugrats. Rugrats has got me into the industry, but Vampirina, like, right now is, like, I wanted to be on it so bad. Uh-huh. But I work with that casting and that whole team. Of it, but my, I was like, my kids I love Vampirina. Love Vampirina. Yeah, it's a fun one. Um, favorite director? I mean, what? you kind of can't top Scorsese, but uh, Lynch would be like the top of my list that I could work for. Like outside of the like Spielberg, mm-hmm. Scorsese like monsters. <laughs> yeah, I would probably say David Lynch would be like the top. Yeah. And what has David Lynch done? Fight Club. Oh, Fight Club. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and so many others. Oh, God. Any female director, I think, yeah. right now would be so cool. Especially, Bigelow. She's epic. Yeah, I mean, it'd be so, like, cool to work with another female. Um, especially, I think we just view things differently because I feel like a director all the time with Eric. So it'd be really cool to work with any female director right now. Love it. And favorite meal in Fort Worth? 
Joe T. Garcia. <laughs> Joe T's? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's where that's where we eat the most. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I spent we spend the most if we if we rack up hours at one restaurant in Fort Worth, that would be the most. And yeah. we love Tim Loves restaurants. Anything, but we were just constantly at Joe T's. Yeah. It is like it's just always an easy It's the I, it's yes. my favorite restaurant. And you can bring kids and your kids exactly. run around. Exactly. Yeah. And we Throw love the, the family, the yeah. like love the land cards. So it's like it's I'm going there tonight <gasps> and tomorrow night. That's how it goes. That's how we are. <laughs> yeah. We have we have my wife's Christmas party tonight and then my company's Christmas party is tomorrow night. And Amazing. always at Joe T's. It's Talk always, about yeah. you go where everybody knows your name. Yeah. And it, you feel it's like it's just, just magic. It's it's magic. Um well guys this was a just a, a, I have like 10 questions I didn't even get to, but we've gone for a long time and it's just been, it's been fun. I, I, um, I, I think a couple takeaways for me is, is, is one, I think just the support and not even support in terms of like, I'm here, I'll catch things when you're, when you're, while, while you're doing like, but the, the cheerleading almost that you have for each other, like the wanting each other to win and be successful is really, really cool. And then I, I think the steadiness through all the all the things is is really neat. The vulnerability that you've shared is 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 really incredible, and I think also just the, your passion for Fort Worth. All, all of those were just were just fun things for me to just glean and and hear from you guys. So I'm I'm a fan. I'm glad y'all are here. Keep doing what you're doing. I can't I can't wait for what's next. And I really do think like you are shaping the city in some in some cool ways. Um, and I think you're going to inspire and bring in other people. And so I'm I'm, I'm excited for what's next. And just for your family, it's it's cool. So thank you for inviting me in for a little bit. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, this was so a blast. honored to be here. Congratulations, you made it all the way to the end. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Stories with Soul. If you enjoyed the interview and like what you heard, please help us out and share, subscribe, and like anywhere you listen to podcasts. When you share and subscribe, it is insanely helpful and allows us to keep producing new episodes. You can always join us directly in the studio by watching the video version on our website, 6thavstorytelling.com. Stories with Soul is brought to you by 6th Ave Storytelling, an organic marketing company building standout brands on the foundation of story. You're obsessed with your business and we want to make the world obsessed with it too. Thanks for listening.